Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. guys in the whole world that make me love pro wrestling and you're one of them you know all the bad shit you've heard about us it's all true but another thing that's true is we love professional wrestling and that's why we're here i'm not sports entertainment anymore talk to them kid this is a new beginning and it starts tonight a new day is dawning for dx so who you're talking to What's up? This is Xbox 12360 coming at you from AfterBuzz TV. We're going to be breaking down the week's top pro wrestling headlines. We have a very juicy interview with hardcore Bob Hawley. Yes, and if that isn't enough for you, we are also going to be joined by Fumi Saito, who has an update on Matt Seidel. So an action-packed show for you today. My name is Christy Olson, and the gang is all here. We've got Jimbo sitting on the couch. What's up? Hi, Christy. How you, you doing? Lovely as a devil in a blue dress. Oh, I thank you. Oh, I like that. I'll take it. I'll take it. And Mark, how you doing over there in the booth? Keeping it together in the booth. All right. We appreciate that. And now, the man of the hour, or as I think this episode will probably be a few hours, <laughs> Sean X-Pac Waltman. Hey, everyone. I hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving, and it's good to be back. It is good to be back. We yes. have a lot to be grateful for here. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, before we get... Uh, to my dear friend Fumihiko Saito, who's joined us to give us an update on Matt Seidel's situation in Japan. Um, I want to uh, give my condolences to the family and uh, the loved ones of Florence Henderson. Yes. America's favorite mom, Carol Brady, passed away and, um, you know, at the Tomorrow Show a couple months ago. Maybe even less than that, I think we had our last last interview. Yeah, and I've actually yeah. interviewed her on the red carpet She's as well. She's an amazing lady, and uh, she was 82, mm-hmm. I believe. And and was still out there working the circuit yeah. and doing her thing and, and still beautiful also. So rest in peace. And uh, anyways. I mean, everyone uh, can honor her by going and yeah, checking out that episode of The Tomorrow Show. Yeah, they show. can. So, uh, and uh, a little bit later. Well, actually, full disclosure. <laughs> we did the Bob, <laughs> Yes, I can't bullshit everyone. Uh, we did the Bob Holly interview first. And we're going we're gonna to play that in, in a little bit. But um, right now. We're joined by my dear friend who I've known since I very first started going to Japan. Um, he's a wrestling journalist um, and the, probably the person that, in my opinion, knows more than just about anybody uh, when it comes to Japanese wrestling scene, my dear friend Fumi Saito. Hey, Fumi. Hey, Sean. How, How are, are you? you, man? Oh, I'm great, man. Hello. And, and it sucks that, uh, you know, as I was uh, writing to you earlier, that I have to have you on my show to even talk to you. And that's my bad. And I'm sorry, Fumi. And thank you so much, man, for, for your oh, patience oh. today. 
Thank is you. Great. Thank you, man. So, hey, um, let's just get right down yeah. to it. Uh, for for the people that aren't aware of the situation with Matt Seidel, can you kind of give us a breakdown of what happened from the beginning at all? Yes, please. Oh, from the beginning? I believe it was uh, end of August or September. Yes. Um, he got caught in Osaka airport. He was entering the country through Osaka in, instead of Narita? Through Osaka Airport, yeah. That okay. was one of the mystery number one. Okay. But uh, he tried to bring in um, four water pipes, you know, one of those e-pipe e cigarette type, not yes. bag of pot, but uh, one of those more liquid. They're little cartridges, um, Fumi. They're, they're these little cartridges. Yeah, can, yeah, 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 four of them. Yeah. Yeah. And his, you know, just with with his regular bathroom, you know, utilities with toothpaste and, you know, toothbrushes, you know. Yeah. And uh, is there any? He's been in, in, in Japan since. Yes, and he's been detained since. And how? Like, what goes into that for me? As far as, you know, it, in Japan, like I've heard horror stories about uh, when people end up in jail over there and how, going in Japan. Yes. Jail in Japan. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's not that bad. But uh, to, um, <laughs> Sorry. fast forward that little bit. Uh, there was a court last week. Yeah. Oh, this week, actually, uh, hearing. Actually, this was rather simple procedure because Matt Seidel uh, pled guilty. Oh, okay. Right away. And you know what I'm saying? What were the, char what were the actual charges? Uh, Fumi, what were the actual charges? Um, possession of illegal drugs. And is there any different kind of classification or are all drugs basically in the same classification there? If it's an um, illegal drug, it's an illegal if drug. you were trying to say like a marijuana, cannabis to, uh, to cocaine like coke or, yeah. or other things, you yeah. mean? Is there a difference yeah, there? pretty much the same, I think. Wow. In Japan. Wow. Yeah, the drug is drugs. So what, what what what's it looking like for Matt? I mean, he's been in jail in Japan over there for for two months now, About for a little over now. two months. Well, actually, he's out of jail. He's been out of jail uh, quite some time. Somebody bailed him. Really? I was under the impression. Yeah. We were under the impression here that he's been in jail over there the whole time. Like the last two months, you mean? Yes, yes. Yeah, he was in jail for quite some time, over a month or so. Okay. Last couple of weeks, he's been, he, the, took them, you know, like eight, nine weeks to have the, you know, court date set. Right. Mm -hmm. And there was finally court this week, and that uh, he pled guilty right away. So it was rather very simple court case procedure. Sure. And prosecutor, you know, yeah, prosecutor wanted him. Eighteen months in jail or three months, uh, three years probation. Oh wow! Is is that is that what? Then they... the verdict coming. Yeah, that. Uh, but the probation three years is gonna take, right? So that sure. means next week he'll have a verdict. He take that, then he goes to the airport and go home. Now, when he goes home. Uh, do, do you think that he'll ever be allowed back to, uh, to Japan to, to wrestle? Yeah, or even... that's the point that we need to discuss. Remember other people, I don't want to bring up a name, but uh, he was a f 
friend of ours. Sure. You know, from Malenko School, remember? Oh, yeah, him. yeah, yeah, of course. That wasn't, it, this yeah, was let's a... Yeah, bring that name up, but uh, he got caught in Japan too, but he was able to come back and forth, back and forth after that. Yes. Probably because he was married to a Japanese woman. And had two children. Yeah. Two yeah. children so over there. So he had a different type of visa. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and and so and there's other guys that that have been caught with pot and things like that over the years. That w- w- when they were caught, were they ever allowed back in? Uh like uh, like a late Dr. Steve Williams. Sure, he yeah, was like... allowed because Giant Bob was he was a superstar status that the, he's not gonna run away or hide or you know that uh, he's always in the public eyes, right? Yes, and... so. He, it's, it's more like um, his position was pretty much secured that that all Japan Pro Wrestling and Giant Baba issued the proper visa and uh, nice letter to Embassy and, and, him, and that uh, he was back one year later. So it, it all depends on you know who you are and what you do or who you know, right? Sure. If if say if he had yeah. uh, Mr. Anoki. Uh, you know, going to bat for him, it would be uh, uh, probably a lot better for him than... Work things out right over right. Yeah, I think so. And so... But right. for the Matt Seidel's case, though, it was his 30th trip to Japan. Wow. I didn't... That's a lot yeah. of trips. A lot of trips. And they didn't think it was the first time he brought something in. Who didn't, who didn't think that, Fumi? The, the, the court. Did, was that something yeah, they asked him a about? Yeah, few mysterious. Yeah, because he's been back and forth thirty times, and this this wasn't the first probably first time either. Right? I'm sure. I'm but sure the it wasn't. Mysterious for... thing is, yeah, myster- the the reason he got caught this time was though this is where you know things get really uh, mysterious and tricky. Uh, that the customs Japanese customs in Osaka was informed by somebody that the Matthew Joseph Cochran is bringing in certain things. I certain knew things. it. I knew. It. I was like, why did they you know say? Why? I was thinking to myself, Fumi, you know, with all these people going, you know, coming into the country, why thousands did they? Thousands of thousands yes, of people. Yes. Why did they single day. out Matt Seidel unless somebody stooged him up? Unless somebody called ahead and told on him? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. It was mentioned in in the court too. The custom was informed by somebody. They're not saying who, but uh, Matthew Joseph Cochran from America is bringing in certain things on certain dates. They knew it. Wow! Unbelievable. You know, I mean, any speculation on who that who might have done that is is just that speculation. But I, I mean, it makes me wonder. Me, if it, I have no idea. Right. It makes, but, uh, makes me wonder, Fumi. If, that he was flying into Osaka. Right. Wouldn't you flying into Tokyo though? That's what I, and because were they wrestling in Osaka? No. So why he would was he working for New Japan right. in Tokyo? And it's, yeah, that doesn't make a bit of sense to me. Um, Does Matt himself have an idea about but who it he maybe? was working, but the, this is not a speculation, but the fact was that he was working for the, the, the Dragon Gate company for years and years. They are out of Osaka. He probably has friends in Osaka. Oh. Uh, Could be as simple as okay. that. Okay. 
Okay, has anybody have you? Yeah, and then he switched company from Go, Dragon Gate to uh, New Japan, the right. biggest company in Japan, as of last summer, probably. Yeah, right. last year. Yeah. No, so this coming. No, this past spring, then not too long ago. Fumi, has anyone spoken directly to Matt, or have have you or anybody you know spoken directly to Matt? No, I haven't. That uh, see, the court was in Osaka this week. Yes, and if it was in. In Tokyo, they would have more media coverage, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Newspaper or, like, at least, like, a thing like Tokyo Sports or, you know, sports paper would have come and covered it. Nobody was there. The reason I got this information was that I spoke with somebody who was actually at the court that day. Oh, okay. This week. Wow. This past Monday. Oh, yeah, that the judge and uh, the lawyer will ask you a pretty stupid question, you know. What do you do at home? You know, say, yeah, I'm a professional wrestler. Right. And why did you bring this in? And he said, you know, this, I, I use um, marijuana as a painkiller. Right. They, they ask you some stupid question. What are you going to do when you get, when you get home? Of course I'll work as a professional wrestler, right? Right. And, uh Yeah. A uh, few, few stupid things, you know. No, no, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, smoke cannabis ever again, sir. You oh, know, did he have to say that? Stupid little thing. Did he have to say that? Well, they ask you stupid questions, right. you know. Why do you do this? Because I, I remember yeah, I used this as a painkiller. I remember Paul McCartney when he got busted for the for the pot back in in Japan many years ago when he actually finally left. Yeah. He gave that whole "I promise never to do it again" with a wink, you know. But. Oh yeah, same thing. Yeah, so, but so Fumi, somebody bailed Matt Seidel out. Any you know? any idea who so, did the company? Did the company go to bat uh, for Matt? Actually, I don't think New Japan really went back for it. You know, because wow. um, when he got caught at the airport, New Japan made a statement that they knew nothing about it. Mm-hmm. And they removed him from their website immediately. Huh. I don't know what to think about not, that. But he had his own own lawyer. Not like the you know like a poor person get in trouble and they get you a lawyer, right? Right, public defender. It wasn't a public Matt defender. Tried, yeah, yeah. Matt actually had his own lawyer on this one. Huh. Do you know how he's spending his time while he's there awaiting his sentencing? So, no, there's not going to be no sentencing. He's out on bail right now and then the verdict is coming this coming Monday and they'll give him three year probation no jail time nothing he's going home that day okay do you know what he's doing in the meantime while he's hanging out there is he just staying low key he's staying at his friend's house in Kobe in Kobe okay so if he gets convicted yeah that's where Dragon Gate's friends are at sure if he gets convicted, he has to stay in Japan yeah. for those 18 months and serve them in Japan? No. The, they what? ship you right back to the U.S.? No, 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 the probation. He's no, getting he's probation. Right away. Oh. Not the 18 months he's getting. They don't oh. expect any jail time. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, they were talking. But the, the point we like to discuss was like if he could come back. Isn't that exactly. it? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a, that's exactly what I want to know because, I mean, it's it's – you know, I'd hate to think that I could never come back to Japan ever again. There's a lot of people I love there, you know, and I, I just, you know, yeah. it's a bummer. So, I, I I, mean, do we... Right, so it all depends on if there's uh, 
if he can be like Steve Williams, or you know, he can come back, you know, and work as he was before. Right. But we don't know. We really don't know about this. Yet. I mean, the thing is, is wrestling is but is pretty strong around the world right now, Fumi, and there are plenty of other places for him to work. But I know he really has a special place in his heart for Japan. He just loves it there, and I, you know, it's pretty. Yeah, sad. Actually, he was doing well here too. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah, Fumi. Very talented. Fumi, very talented. let me ask you something. Is yeah. there? I know that there's been some uh, fighting lately as far as trying to get medical marijuana uh, as just even a thing in Japan. And do you see any any uh, any um, progress being made on that front, or do you think that's going to be a long time before we get there in Japan? I don't know for how long, but it will be a lot longer than than uh, what you have in states. Yeah. If it's all legalized in like over 20 states or so, then Japan might follow. You know what I mean? Okay. Right now, we all, Japanese people have different mentality about this whole whole thing. This They don't really distinguish marijuana marijuana to other other, other bad drugs. You know? Right. And, and you know, you know what he, I'm talking he, about. Of course, and and Fumi here in the states, you know, there's been a mix, mixed reaction. Some people are like, you know, oh, he he broke the law, you know, serves him right. And then there's other people going the other uh, the other end of the spectrum, going, oh, I can't believe they're doing that to him over marijuana and da da da. Well, you know, when we go to right, a, right, when right. when we know, oh, in my own personal opinion, yes. Yeah, marijuana should be treated in completely different from any other drugs but the thing is for me and this is the part that I, I i try to keep in mind like these are the rules of this country and if you're gonna go there like either you you follow them or you take the, the or you you know you accept the consequences that come with it like so i mean i i do understand that okay, yeah well, it was really stupid to bring some anything into japan no sure Sure, but I'm I'm looking at yeah. it when you don't when you don't realize what the consequences can be, um, and yeah. and you're thinking about okay, and I'm just telling you from my perspective because I'm in the same boat as Matt. I would be definitely tempted yeah. to to come into Japan with my own supply, <laughs> definitely because I'm I'm yeah. like, I not knowing that the consequences would be that harsh because they're not not that harsh here, Fumi. You know, I would right. ta- I would take right. that risk. Um, at one point, just because you know my mental and physical health was more important to me than the perceived risk, you know. So, uh, well, anyways, bring your own prescription, you know, piece of paper with you. You know, if it's medical marijuana, right? That's right, and it's not that hard to get one yeah. to get that here. So. Would that have let him off? Right, right. Or at least not has been as harsh on him if he was like, "No, here's my prescription. That's my medicine." No, and if there it wasn't is such thing as toiletries. medical marijuana here too. Is there really, Fumi? Yeah, for cancer patients, okay. it is a pain and increase the appetite. See, I was I was under the impression from the stuff that I've been reading lately that they that they haven't uh, passed any of that type of legislation there. So, I don't want to get off well, into the weeds on that. Here, but it's pretty harsh. It's pretty hard. Pretty hard to get, though. Right. So, but Fumi, yeah. But if you have the you, your own pres- prescription from America, yeah, you can present that. I'm sure. Sure, but, but uh, the recreational part of it, you know. Yeah. So, Fumi, 
Hey, yeah. I appreciate yeah. you. I appreciate you filling us in on what's uh, what's going on with Matt, and you know, uh, hopefully everything. Yeah, is but gonna work so out. he's not gonna serve any time here. That's... He'll be leaving pretty much. I'm pretty sure that next week. Uh-oh, going back home. That's really good news. At least I, but he, it's he, almost he, over. Yeah, he may not come back, though. That's the point. Right, and that that'll be sad. But at yeah, least he he's not. Be. At least he's not going to be sitting in jail for for a couple of years, like some people were thinking. No, 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 yeah. no. That's not going to happen. No, I don't right. think so. So, Vumi, bef- bef- have Matt on your show. I hope so. I hope to have him on. You know, uh, as soon as possible. But you know, I'm sure he's going to try want to try to get his life. Somewhat back to normal. Yeah, but another thing is the wrestling fan won't think he's criminal or anything. No, absolutely not. No, I, I would, I would sure hope not. No, no. you know, regardless of whether they no, think. No, not it, in Japan. Even. I mean, oh, good. Just uh, good. the victim of circumstance. Sure, in a way. You know? Good, good. I'm and glad you're so that. talented. Amazing you know, talent, real talented guy. Yes, so, yeah, people like him here. Hey, um, before I let, uh, before we yeah. let Fumi go, you guys have any? James, James is a huge Japanese wrestling fan. Uh, do you have any questions for Fumi about other stuff in Japan? Well, were you right there now? for the Great Antonio versus Antonio Inoki? Oh come on, fight? Jim! I no. was, uh, God, I was, I was seventh grade. Right. <laughs> wow. What do you think of? Uh, yeah. All the Americans going over to Japan and making an impact like the Young Bucks and like the Carl Andersons and the Luke Gallows and stuff. Mm-hmm. There are more. There are more, too, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's two two types of Americans who want to come to Japan and want, want to make home, you know. Another group of people who wants to make a name in Japan so they can go to WWE. That's right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Carl Anderson, was, Carl Anderson, or even AJ Styles, those guys were, you know, telling people that uh, I love Japan and we're gonna be here for a long, long time, right? Yep. And they left. Well, I mean, yeah. I think that had to do with some uh, something to do with. Uh, well, first, um, uh, New Japan, uh, they they gave uh, Liger. Um, they they loaned him to WWE for the NXT show in New York, right? Next thing you know, WWE yeah. WWE raids their uh, you know Nakamura. Um, uh, who the hell else? You know, car. Pris- you know Prince the David, Bullet Club. Carl yeah, yeah, that uh, Kenta Hideki Hideo Itami. Wow. Anyways, and I, had, I had a quick question, if you don't mind. Yeah, please, Mark. So uh, recently yeah. in, in Japan, we've seen a resurgence of the Tiger Mask character, uh, both in the ring and, yeah. and on TV. Um, so in, in Japan, there's always been a, a sort of cross-section of, of entertainment and animation or, or characters with professional wrestling. Do, yeah, you, yeah. do you have an opinion as to why you think that works a little bit more in Japan than it would, say, in, in America's professional wrestling scene? It's mm. a wow. good question, Mark. Well, Japanese watch more animation and they love wrestling. <laughs> well, like if you took an animated character here, you know that was popular, and yeah. tried to put that gimmick on a real on a wrestler, it wouldn't work here like it like yeah. it did in, in Japan with Tiger Mask. It uh, just wouldn't, Fumi. Not even not even for short term. No, it just wouldn't. I mean, and, and, TNA tried it and it didn't work. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, like, just like Liger, right, Li- Liger, right. Liger was a comic character, uh, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Sure. So, it just wouldn't right. work here. And for some reason, it doesn't. That kind of stuff doesn't work here. Well, even like K 
characters like Leatherface ah. or or Jason. Those are huge That's wrestling right. stars in Japan. Right. But here, if you put them in the ring, people would be like, "Those? What? what and, why is this dude dressed yeah, up like yeah, Jason?" Yeah. And oh, Fumi, okay. Fumi, wow, Fumi, think about. Fumi, Kevin, yeah. Kevin tells me the story about okay, the Oz character and the whole gimmick here, like, was a joke here in the states, and he and Kev knew it, right? But then when he went to Japan, and uh, they with, loved it, they loved it. They were chanting Oz, Oz the whole time, and it was like. He was he was completely taken aback by it, you know, because it was just uh, the whole the opposite, you know, reaction in Japan than he got in the states for it. So. Yeah, and then that the Oz gimmick was dropped right away. But the, when they when New Japan wanted Kevin Nash back, they wanted him as Oz again. With he wasn't damn. even doing it <laughs> in, in anymore. <laughs> oh crap! So, anyways, yeah. Me. Well, I don't know. Fill yeah, me. but people take him. It's not that they they take him. Seriously, they just enjoy character here. Sure. Yeah, they do. People love masks. Yeah, they like they a variety of stuff in Japan. Uh, anyways, Fumi, we have uh, we have a Cost, yeah costume play. Yeah, we have a ton uh, yeah. a ton we could ask you about in Japan, uh, but uh, well, let's I do appreciate, it again. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate you coming on and uh, f- for just so people know, Fumi is one of my dear friends uh, since the very first uh, time I went to Japan and, and if it wasn't for Fumi uh, I, I would have lost my sanity in Japan um, he's a dear friend of mine I you were 19 s- I was I was and uh, yeah. I just you know um, I just I, I love you very much Fumi I miss you and uh, I love you too and I appreciate and thank you so much thank you so much for taking care of Cody over there uh, Scott's son Cody Hall um and uh, he's doing what we Cody. We had Thanksgiving together last yeah, week. Yeah, oh. and and uh, he, he's doing with Cody like he did with me when I was over there years ago, and that makes it so much easier for somebody. And thank you so much for doing that, Brim Fumi. Uh, you're making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I'll talk. Hey, I'll talk to you. I promise. I'll I'll talk to you in the next day or so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Right, man. Thanks, right. Fumi. Thanks, Fumi. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. Oh, man. That was so great. It's good cool. to hear an update on the situation. And yeah. on that note, I do want to remind everybody that we are on YouTube and iTunes as well. Please like, comment, rate, and subscribe so you don't miss any of these juicy news tidbits. On that note, let's move into our Xbox 12360 News of the Week. Break it down! Xbox One Two Three Sixty Wrestling News. I know we've given you so much already, but here we go. Billy Corgan is officially through with TNA after settling with Anthem Sports. Yes, Billy finally got his money. He was supposed to get it a couple weeks ago. We know a judge ultimately ruled with TNA in his lawsuit, but said that they had to pay him back. And now Anthem, which is the parent company of TNA, has acquired Mr. Corgan's loan, and Mr. Corgan has dismissed the proceedings against them. Uh And Anthem executive says the events leading to litigation were unfortunate. But uh, we can now close this chapter and look forward to making Impact Wrestling a leader in the professional wrestling world. So TNA looking forward. Meanwhile, Billy Corgan himself says he is not getting out of the pro wrestling business. He may be done at TNA, but he intends to, he says, I plan on continuing on the business side of pro wrestling. So we'll keep you posted as to where he ends up at. Good. 
Why Good. didn't he start his own promotion? He I, used to well, run his own promotion. Well, Rev, 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 Rev Revolution, yeah, Rev Pro and, and uh, Chicago. Uh, but, I mean, hopefully Billy stays in, in wrestling. He's got a lot to offer. Uh, I, I'm really happy that Billy uh, finally got the money back for the for the loan that he uh, gave them out of the kindness of his heart with no strings attached. So, um, <laughs> right, whatever. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that kind of a yeah. heart, I'm sure he'll be very popular amongst the other indie yeah. promotions. So keep you posted on that. Meanwhile, let's take a look at what's going on on WWE. <laughs> The uh, very popular show, WWE Superstars, is no more. You guys may have all heard that 205 Live premiered last night and essentially is sort of taking the uh, superstar spot on the WWE Network. They have ended their run of WWE Superstars, which launched in the late 1980s. So it's been around for quite a while. It was on TV, on TNN until 2001. And when the network launched is when it went to the WWE Network in February of 2014. So... R.I.P. WWE Superstars, but that 205 live premiere last night on the network was a fantastic one. I'll just give you a few little updates. That's being called by Mauro Ronaldo and Corey Graves. We knew that. However, Austin Aries popped up on the commentary table as well. Yeah, so while he heals from injury, he's going to be doing that, and he vowed to take the cruiserweight title when he is uh, healthy again. The Bollywood Boys versus Drew Gulak and Tony Nese was the opening match. Aria Davari versus Jack Gallagher. Uh, Jack took that one by pinfall. And then there was the championship match. The Brian Kendrick versus Rich Swan for the Cruiserweight Championship. And we now have a brand new Cruiserweight Champion as Rich Swan took that match. He's the new champion. And afterwards, they had a really cute interview with him in the ring. And he thanked his mom and dedicated the title to his mom. So it was just really a great kickoff for 205 Live. Oh, I don't... I'm, I'm happy for Rich Swan, but I I was looking forward to seeing uh, Brian Kendrick as cruiserweight champion for a while. Yeah. Yes. There's there's no really word on on Brian Kendrick, but we can assume that he'll be sticking around for a while. I hope so. Mm-hmm. He's in his prime right now. This, these are, I mean, to me, I, right now he's running on all cylinders. And um, when Austin Aries comes back, he. To me, like okay, he he would himself or or Brian would be the centerpiece of of the cruiserweights. Mm-hmm. My that would be my choice: Austin Aries or Brian Kendrick. Well, and I think what Brian Kendrick brings to the whole division is the fact that he is such a good trainer, also, and is probably a huge mentor to all of these guys. I mean, I would certainly think that he's kind of the the dad in the locker room at at the cruiserweights, right? I can imagine that. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, so. Uh, and as far as the you know superstars being replaced with 205 Live, I knew that was going to happen. Anyone that thought that they were going to tape 205 Live <laughs> after Raw went off the air is out of their mind. I don't care what anybody said. I knew 100% that wasn't going to happen. Anyways. No. They, right. they are. They are shooting it after SmackDown. It is live on the network. So. They're shooting it after SmackDown? They are. There, there is They're actual still doing audience afterwards? and yeah. photo evidence. Yes. It That's absolutely insane. is it live. Is and then That's they do insane. Talking Smack after okay. that at 945. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, I think so. They're trying to maintain that live element. Does that not important to you? Not at all. No, not at all. How about like let's take into consideration the people in the building? 
Yeah. That's a novel idea. There were a lot of reports that most of the audience left before the 205. Yeah, and it's not fair to the to to them as a division. That's to me they're being marginalized already when they're mm-hmm. when they're pushed to the end of the, you know, let's tape them. It's like that it's like an afterthought. I'm sorry. That part I totally disagree with. I think mm-hmm. it's BS. Sorry. Not happy about that. Well, there is a lot happening with that cruiserweight division. Meanwhile, another tournament may be coming to the WWE Network. Nothing official from WWE. However, reportedly a women's wrestling tournament is coming to the WWE Network. We know about this because there are several indie talents that have been contacted and told that they are to report to the Performance Center in January. So this would essentially be similar to the Cruiserweight Classic and it would give one of the ladies a shot at a long-term contract. They're looking at numerous independent and international talents and actually some ladies that are in, have been at NXT like Deanna Perrazzo and Rachel. Ellering, also former Chikara Grand Champion Kimberly. We all know Kimberly. Heidi Loveless, Nixon Newell, excuse me, and Evie have reportedly been contacted for this, although no one has been officially signed for the tournament as of yet. Any any girls from Europe, UK? There are no reports of that, but this is, seems like it's American press and it's kind of the American sure. girls they're talking to. So there are um, a lot of rumors that they want that international. I would hope so. They, uh, the UK sure has a lot of a uh, lot of great female talent to choose from. Mm-hmm. So let's hope that happens. Yeah, it'll be good. I'm excited about that one. And the network will have lots of new content actually coming next year. WWE has purchased the former developmental territory. Now, this would be Heartland Wrestling Association. And WWE got their library from 2001 to 2002. So that would mean some footage from guys like Eugene Dinsmore, Charlie Haas, Three Count, Raven, Sharkboy, and even Nigel McGuinness would be included in this footage. So whether the WWE ever obtains footage from the time when like Dean Ambrose and Sammy Callahan were there remains to be seen, but this kind of rounds out the WWE's collection of, of library. They've got OVW now, Deep South, Florida Championship Wrestling, so they're going to get kind of, I think, the early footage of all their guys. I think they're going to do like a throwback Thursday show where it's like, oh, check out all these old matches from these wrestlers that are like champions now before they were there. That's so cool. As a wrestler, does that concern you, Sean? Are you like, I wouldn't want someone to see some of my early stuff? No, I don't. I'm not. I don't have a problem with it. I I go back and watch some stuff now, like the Lightning Kid stuff from Global and and all that. And actually, you know, I I didn't want to watch it just because of how I looked. But once I get past that, I'm actually quite pleased that I used to be able to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it. no, it's it's actually nice for me now to look back at that stuff. <laughs> That's cool. Well, one more story about a guy who is definitely one of the top searches on the network. Variety has announced that John Cena has been cast in a brand new comedy film. This one is called The Pact and co-stars huge names like Leslie Mann and Ike Barinholtz. It's about three parents who, get this, I can just see Cena rocking this one. Three parents who find out that their teen girls have made a pact to lose their virginity on prom night. And the parents try to stop them before it's too late. So a lot of uh, hijinks definitely going down in this one. However, 
news that he's been cast in this movie has come at kind of a delicate time. He's been away shooting American Grit, and he has reportedly, allegedly, been vocal about being disappointed in WWE's management of part-time stars. He said he's unhappy with guys like Goldberg and Lesnar being paid big money for a limited schedule, which is essentially what Cena has been having lately and will continue to have if he is do shooting these kind of movies. So it's it's interesting what what moves Cena makes. Interesting. Well, I read look when when you told me about this story earlier, I went back and I looked at some of the you know I looked at one of the articles that talked about John not being happy about the Goldberg uh, deal or mm-hmm. you know that and you know actually when I read what his problem was with it. I can understand where he's coming from. Makes sense, right? Yes. He's been the guy carrying the ball, you know, for longer than a longer run than anyone's ever carried it for. Mm-hmm. And um, he deserves it. He has every right to be uh, to be miffed about that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the only, here's the only thing. He shouldn't be, uh, he shouldn't resent uh, Goldberg. He shouldn't resent. Lesnar. Everyone makes their own own deals. That's a that's an old expression that that I was taught and that that used to be said. And I don't know if it's said in wrestling anymore, but mm-hmm. when somebody would complain about somebody else getting more money, we go, "Hey, everyone makes their own deals. You can, you know." How so, do you argue with that? <laughs> yeah. So, John, go make your own deal, man. Oh, I love it. And we're gonna be <laughs> you, going to see that movie yes, for sure. I think yes. that's better because then it gives. WWE time to create new stars because you're not always seeing John Cena in the title picture and John mm-hmm. Cena That's on right. TV. It gives them opportunity to give like AJ Styles a chance or Dean Ambrose a chance or hopefully Bray Wyatt a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, so I yep. think it's for the best. Yeah, we all know he'll be out shooting season two of Total Bella soon too. So more on that another time. This has been your X Pac One Two Three Sixty News of the Week. I'm Christy Olson, the managing editor and chief correspondent of AfterBuzz TV's Pro Wrestling News Division, and we will be right back with Hardcore Bob Holly on AfterBuzz TV. Stay tuned. What's up, party people? Roxy Stryer here from the Tomorrow Show with Kevin Undergaro. We're your twice weekly broadcast of One Man's Midlife Crisis and the Mad Millennials in Star Trek uniforms that follow him. And I'm one of those millennials, Lauren Legrasso here. We've had some amazing guests like Russell Simmons, Ileana Douglas, and Craig Gass. Coolio, right? Christian Blatt in the house to tell you to go to thetomorrowshow.com to check us out. We're live every Monday and Thursday from 10 to midnight Eastern. That's thetomorrowshow.com. Be there, be square, whatever that means. Welcome back to X-Pac 12360. Today's guest was first mesmerized by pro wrestling when he was a kid, with his career as a brawler starting in Alabama bars. This iconic wrestler would juggle a full-time job and single fatherhood while on the road with WOW. His hobbies include racing cars and body slamming opponents into the Mississippi River. So it's no surprise he held the hardcore championship title six times he is hardcore please welcome to the show bob holly all right bob hey bob thank you for having me hey how are you guys great Great. bob hey thanks thanks for having me christy did you mention that him and i bob and i were um former WWF tag team champions. Well, seeing as how that lasted for about a day, (laughs) I decided not to include that one, although I assume we'll be talking about it. Counted. It went the record books, right? People remember it. Yeah. It was great. For sure. There, we started off by me knocking you. How about that? You have an action figure that comes with a tag team title belt. That's right. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was, Hey, those were some good times. That's for sure. They were. Well, they were. We can kind of start at the beginning with you because we've all taken taken a look at your book, which we love. And um, it was great. You talked about growing up and being a wrestling fan, watching with your stepdad. Are there things that now when you go back and and read those parts of the book that you think, oh, I I left this out or I really want people to know this about me as I was a kid? Yes, the hardcore truth. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. There's there's so much I left out because I'm all the time thinking of different things that I could have put in the book. And it's like, I'll talk to my wife about certain things and I'll be like, Oh my God. And I'll tell her this story. And she goes, should have put that in your book. And I'm like, I know, but I didn't think about it at the time. Cause writing a book is a huge process. It, it took like 18 months to write that thing. And, um, it, 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 three or four hours a day, I was Skyping with the writer, the, the ghost writer, Ross Williams. And he would, like I said, we'd Skype for three or four hours a day for about three, three or four times a week. That's all I could handle. And then he would write a bunch of stuff, send it to us, and I'd have to proofread it, send it back. A lot of back and forth, a lot of a lot of stuff like that. But it was a lot of work. It took about eighteen months. Wow! And and you did that with the with the uh, help of a ghostwriter. I'm trying to do that right now, Bob. Uh, all on my own. I decided I wanted to do it all on my own, and um, so I'm finding out what you found out already. Yeah, and you know what, Sean? Doing it on your own, at least it's your story, and it's coming straight from you. There's nobody altering anything. Not that Ross altered any of my stories or anything like that. Yeah. He he nailed it with me, and I give him all the credit in the world. Because I've, I've, I get a lot of people telling me it sounds like I'm sitting down reading the book to them. And Ross Absolutely. put exactly what I wanted in it. And, and the good thing about Ross was he was in the wrestling business. So he understands the wrestling business. Because you need a writer that knows wrestling. Because if you get a writer that doesn't know wrestling, I, I really truth, truthfully believe the book's not going to be like it should be. Oh, hundred percent agree with you on that, Bob. Bob totally, Bob. Did you read? Have you read any of the other wrestler books out there? Kevin Undergaro joining us now. Sorry, I'm a huge fan. Uh, I I really I really haven't. I'm not I'm not much of a reader, and I'm I feel ashamed ashamed that I haven't. But uh, yeah, I've read bits and pieces of uh, books and stuff. Mick Foley's book, um, bits and pieces of Brett's book. But I'm really not that much of a reader. Those are the two best ones, in my opinion, to to have taken a look at, Bob. Fantastic. That's what books. people say. That's I. That's from what I understand. Yeah. And and the thing is, the reason I I actually read Mick Foley's book is because I rode with him and stuff like that, and felt pretty close to him at certain times. But I and I wanted to get because he wrote his book himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wrote and it on the airplane. To... He he wrote most of it on the airplane trip back from England one uh, one time. He wasn't happy oh, with I the remember. he wasn't happy with that. the ghostwriter. You remember uh, uh, David Zahadi? It was his father who was writing it. And, yeah, yeah, and uh, and Mick didn't. Mick wasn't happy with it. He just didn't like it for the reasons why you why you talked about just a minute ago. And so, I mean, he wrote most of it on a legal pad, like a couple of legal pads, like on on the on the plane trip. Oh, I remember that because yeah. I'd walk by and he'd be sitting down writing, 
And I, I've even asked him, I'd be like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm writing my book. Sounds like and, exactly and, what I did with him, too. So I bet everybody walked up to him and asked him that. <laughs> well, let's talk about you, Bob. Your book is where yeah. we first read about your your bar fights that you were getting paid for and trying to support your family and having kind of a shoot job, a real job as a mechanic and, and a welder. Are there things, again, that, you, that you've maybe left out that now you want to give us little, little tidbits? Oh, gosh, you put me on the spot. I wish I could think of stuff right now, but I'm sure I'll think of it after I'm done, Christy. I, I don't um, – oh, man. I, see, I'm drawing a blank right it's now. Okay. But there, there is plenty more that I have, I've thought about, and I wish I could remember it right now. Uh, if if uh, you'd asked me that probably 30 minutes ago, I could have probably answered it and thought of the questions in time for to be on the show, but I, I really can't think of anything right now. You know what, It'll though? Come to me. You, you, you very well may by the time this is over with, Bob. Well, we have a fan yeah. question from John Owens. He wants to know, were you happy with the process of writing your book, and were you pleased with the finished product when it was all said? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was quite a grind, um, writing, telling my story to Ross, because as you're telling your story, everything is, is you're all over the place, basically, from start to finish. So Ross's job was to try to place every, put everything in its proper place. That wasn't easy for him. I mean, he busted his ass on this book. and But I was very, you know, it was a grind. Don't get me wrong, it was a lot of work. Did I enjoy it? I'm not going to lie. At times I did. At times I didn't. But it was, am I happy with the finished product? Absolutely, 100%. I couldn't ask for a better person to write my book because, honestly, I don't think I could have done it myself and put it on paper the way he did. And, Sean, for you to write your own book, that, that says a lot about yourself because that, that, that's a lot of work. And, and my hat's off to you for that. Bob, what's the feed? What's the feedback been from uh, the book from you know fans and even other wrestlers? Because you know, the, oh, you were, I, I love your book is is up there one of my favorites, and you were very bold uh, and very brave in a lot of the things that you said. Um, but what's the feedback been like? Maybe starting with the fans, have you heard it a lot? Oh, you know what? I've been very lucky because nobody has really said anything negative about it that I know of uh, on. Amazon, when they do the book reviews, I think the it's in the 90%, upper 90% to where it's very positive. And, of course, you know you have your naysayers and your haters that aren't going to like anything no matter what you put out there. But um, so far it's been very, very positive, and everybody's loved it. And it's like you said, you know, it's one of your favorites, and I appreciate that a lot. And that's I get that a lot from people, too. And I'm I'm very very grateful for that. Have you heard from WWE at all, or some of those officials? I mean, any, anything from them as far as what they thought about it? No, no, nothing. I, I, I figured, you know, I, see the way I look at it. When I wrote that book, I wasn't out to. Basically, I wasn't out to get my job back in WWE because honestly, if I ever go back there, I if I don't ever go back, that's I'm fine with that because it's not what I want to do anymore. I'm happy doing the things I'm doing. And I, when I wrote my book, I wanted to be honest about how I feel about certain things, certain people. But I also talked about the positives about the people that I didn't care for. And But as far as anybody from the office, I really haven't heard from anybody. 
and so but it like i said if i piss people off it's it's one of those things where yeah they'll get over it bob <laughs> well, well, Bob, you me to it. I thought one of the, one of the things that was interesting is that I, I thought the way you put over Vince, I, you know, it was one of the first books that actually gave him credit for you know the different things he had done uh, for you. I, you know, one of which was the you know um, the race car. Yeah, gifting you the, the 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 very very expensive race car. Can you talk about that a yes. little bit? Yeah, he was. Let me tell you something. A lot of people don't like him, and this is something I should have put in my book, and I, I think I put it in my book, if I can't remember. But I never heard from Vince once I got my release from WWE. And I, I felt like at least I was owed a phone call from him thanking me for the, all the sacrifices, all the years I gave him. But that's neither here nor there. But Vince has always been good to me, no matter what. He's been always been straight with me. And if I had a problem, I can go to him, whether he fixed it or not. At least I could go to him and talk to him and tell him exactly how I feel. But as far as, like, my injuries and stuff like that, I never had to worry with him. He took good care of me. And I just – I not a bad thing to say about him. And the fact that he uh, went out of his way to make sure you got that. That's what kind of took me is the race car. He, You know, he didn't he – you get on, the, get on the phone with you and say, no, Bob, I want you to have this. It was oh, very, very important. Yeah, absolutely. He was – we were getting ready to go to Bristol, and we had just came back from. Um, we just got back from uh, Greenville Pickens Speedway, and we were going through the car and everything. And we were getting it ready for Bristol. And I've always wanted to race at Bristol. So wow, I've really what a great track that, that is! It's an amazing and, track. I'm not even a huge race fan, and I just had to jump in on that because Bristol is an absolutely amazing racetrack. Oh, I know. I know. And you can you can hold it wide open if you got the balls to do it. Wow. But anyway, in um, a super late model anyway. The cup cars I don't not so much. But um, anyway, he we were getting it ready and everything, and my phone rang, and so it was Vince, and he said, "Hey Bob, I got my attorney on the. We were on a three way call with my attorney, and and so forth, and he said we're not going to be able to keep going with the racing thing, and I'm like, oh okay, well. Um, what do you want me to do with this equipment? I'll be glad to sell it for you and then return all the money. I said, I have no problem doing that. I know a lot of people that would want to buy this stuff. Because in racing, you get to know people that need stuff. And racing equipment, you can unload it to another racer, no problem. And I had one brand spank a new race car. Hadn't even been on the track yet. We weren't even finished with. And then my primary car, which I I loved. I loved that one. That's why the the... The brand new one really just sat on jack stands most of the time because I, just, I was my other car was so good, and so plus we had three motors, all the tools, the equipment, the trailer, everything. And those motors aren't cheap. Those motors are uh, thirty thousand dollar motors back then at that time, and wow. and so and this is right when Vince was going through that whole trial too for. Uh, the whole steroid thing. Yeah, I was going. I was going to uh, interject that this was this was all for people that don't realize this was all happening at a real low point for us business wise, where the yeah. money just wasn't really there. We were getting, Bob, you and I both we were, were on the same pay scale back then, and so I know what you were making. You know what I was making. It wasn't very much. <laughs> we, got a, we, we got our draw, and that was basically that was it. it. And sometimes we. 
the company money, and we never knew when we were going to get paid. Yeah, yeah. We never knew. So we would get a $200 yeah. draw, and if we were in a, like, a, a run like down south Florida, that would be all we were getting for the night was our draw. Yeah. That was it. For WWF. Yeah. It'd be six, eight weeks before we even saw our statement for our paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. You know? hey, Bob. And if you, have, if you did have money coming, it was, like I said, six or eight weeks before you got it. That's right. And pay-per-views, so, how long was it? 90 days for a pay-per-view at one point? We, we would wait three yeah. months for a pay-per-view. Really? They would get the money. They would put it in an interest-bearing seat, 90-day CD, make interest off yeah. of our money, and then pay us. Wow. That's smart yeah. on their part. Yeah, it really was. It was 90 days, sometimes maybe a little bit longer. And they yeah, got the money they, right away. They got the money right away, Bob. Oh, I know. I know. So. Yeah. But get, like getting back to the whole thing yeah. with the race car and Ben said, hey, look, we're not going to be able to move forward with this. And I understood completely because, of, you know, Sean, we saw this thing coming a mile away as yeah. far as the whole trial and stuff. They, they thought they were going to be closing the doors to the office. Right, and, they, uh, they they were already leasing uh, certain floors out in the office that that they didn't actually uh, absolutely hundred percent need. They they were leasing out part of the uh, the office building. Right, they were shutting down the kitchen, yep. everything. They were shutting stuff down that they didn't need. And so he just said, "Hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna need to cut this deal." And I'm like, "Okay, fine." And I said, "I'll sell everything, and then I'll just I'll." have the money wired into the the account or what, however you want it done. He goes, no, no, I'm going to sell it to you. And I said, no. I was like, oh, my God, I, Vince, I cannot afford that. I said, do you know how much this equipment is worth? And he goes, yes, I do. You know how Vince talks. Ha, ha, and, ha. And, yes, I do. Ha, ha. <laughs> and, so, and so he said, he insisted, he goes, no. He goes, I'm going to let you have it. I'm going to sell it to you. And And I think he was screwing with me. He had to have been because I was in a panic. Because I didn't know what to, I was like, oh my God, how am I going to get the money to pay for this? There's no way. And even if they took it out of my pay, I would end up with nothing for years and years and years. You know, I was freaking out. So then uh, he goes, I'm going to sell it to you for $100. I'm like, excuse me? He goes, $100. And I'm, I'm like, are you? I said, no. I said, no. I said, I will sell it and I will get you your money out of all this equipment and, 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 and give it back. And he's like, nope. He goes, it's yours for $100. I insist. Stay on the phone with my attorney, get all the details and everything, and we'll send you the paperwork, blah, blah, blah. And he hung up. So, Bob, what? You know, Go ahead, Bob. I'm sorry. Oh, and, and to this day, I never saw that $100 come out of my paycheck. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Bob, why, so why you, why you, do you think? Why me? Yeah. I, well, I honestly, I don't know. I, I, I can't answer that. All I know is when we were doing the whole racing thing, he wanted to, because uh, I threw the idea out there about running the All Pro Series, which it's it's like a feeder series to uh, Cup and, you know, NASCAR. It's under the NASCAR banner, but it's like a, is a lower tier feeder series. Below, what Bush, series, below what Bush Series would have been at one time? Yep. It, Yep, it, it's one step below that. Yeah. And, and so I threw the idea out there of sponsoring a race car and everything, and he was down with it. And he said, just 
you know, give me the information I need and how much it's going to cost and every, all the equipment you need, which I had a lot of equipment anyways from, from racing. So it wasn't, didn't, it, it wasn't basically a startup team. I still, I still had a lot of, of my own stuff, but, and so he said, Hey, why don't we do it? And I'm like, okay, but, if you want to, that's fine with me. But why, you know, the generosity, because I mean, unless he's generous like this with everyone there, you know, we always hear conflicting stories, but you know, why do you think with you that he was so generous? I honestly, I don't know. Okay. I, I, I really can't answer that. I wish I knew the answer because I would definitely tell you, but I think, you know, Vince does a lot of stuff, a lot of good things for people that nobody knows nothing that's about. That's right, Bob. I was just going to say that. He does so many things people don't know because he's not yep. doing it for a pat on the back. And no, I, I honestly believe not. I honestly believe he does it because it feels good. It feels yep. good to do yeah. nice things for other what people. What are some of the things you've seen him do over the years? I'm just I can only tell you like when like I when I, I don't want to get off into the weeds here, but when I went to right. um, my first treatment for for uh, prescription drugs. Um, I was out and I, you know, I wasn't, we weren't making any money back then. So I was worried. Okay. I got to go to um, treatment. And uh, so now I'm not going to be working. I got paid $30,000 while I was in treatment. We work. I wasn't getting paid 10 to, I was getting paid 10 times less that for, the, for that, yeah. for that amount of time. So, I mean, little things people. like that, you know, Bob. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, Sorry. no, I cut you off. I'm back to you. And, and Bob, when you had mentioned but, you, you didn't get the farewell phone call from him, do, just I'm asking you and both both you and Sean, is that customary back then for Vince to give you the kind of, hey, we're going to let you go call? Like, is that something you expected? No, no, no but it would I, be I, nice. No, I just, I just feel like, not that it was owed to me. I, please don't think that I thought it was owed to me because I don't. I just figured it would have been nice because I gave 15 years of my career and I lasted 15 years of that company. I thought for sure Vince would call me and say, Hey, you know, we got to, we're going our separate ways, but I just want to thank you, whatever. You know, I just thought that's what he would do, but Hey, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's, he's a good man despite what others, how others feel about him. I know he's always been great to me. And I have no issues with him because people come up to me and say, I've heard all these kind of things about Vince, this and that. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about because he's always been great to me. Very, but very interesting I'm to just hear. saying it would have been nice. It would have been nice. Sure, sure. Have you talked to him since then? No, uh-uh. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't really talked to anybody since I left there. And you haven't been I've, by to visit when they've been uh, near you, like, you know, when they've come to come to town or uh-uh. anything? Nope, I think everybody would be really happy to see you, Bob. Be honest with you. Yeah, it's, it's you know what? It's one of those things where I don't want to put myself out there because I don't want. I'm, I'm afraid of rejection. I guess. <laughs> I know you know, what you, I know what that's like. You know, I, I, I'm just being honest, I, and I, I know I'm a grown ass man, but I'm I'm still afraid of rejection. I really am. Wow. You mean from the guys you knew back in the day seeing you again, yeah. or the new guys? Oh. No, not the new guys. I'm not worried. I, I care less about them. I mean, I, I'm talking about the guys I've worked with and stuff. I don't think it's not that they would reject me. Don't get me wrong. Maybe that's the word, wrong word to use, but I know they would be glad to see me. But oh, I, just, yes. I don't. I, I don't know. I just. I. I don't think of it as Vince would be happy to see me. I don't know. I, I just don't know. 
He would be so happy to see you. Everybody would. I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but trust me, Bob, they would be so happy to see you. Yeah, but you talk about Vince being a straight shooter and being so honest and caring and giving, but in your book you talk about how you were supposed to be Umaga's spot in WrestleMania battle against the billionaires. So where where did that miscue come that, like, Vince told you one thing, but then that wasn't executed at WrestleMania? Right. And you know what? That's the wrestling business, though. And I got over it, and I had to. I had no choice. It's like, what am I going to do? Go in there and say, hey, you're going to put me in this show otherwise. No, it don't work like that. It's it's one of those things. I, and I, it was always in the back of my mind anyway that, hey, there's a possibility I can get pulled because it's happened before. Sean, you know how the wrestling business is. Oh, yeah. And it, it you just there's no guarantees. And I had my hopes up. Like this is this is it for me. This is my big deal right here for WrestleMania, a big WrestleMania yeah. moment. But it, and it didn't happen. Yeah, was I pissed? You're damn right, I was mad, I, and I felt like I had every right to be mad. But oh, I sure had to get did. over. Sure, and that, I mean that makes me think about you know you and I knew we were going to win the tag titles. We won them. Right. So happy. I'm thinking we're going to have a little bit of a run with this. We lose them the next day. It was, yeah, we did. We lost them the very next night. Yep. Uh, uh, Bob, you, yeah. you I wasn't happy about that well, at all. It's funny because Bob <laughs> mentioned in his book that the tag titles were more cumbersome because you had to carry it through the airports, and it really wasn't a difference in pay. I think you, didn't you say that in your book, Bob? About, well, they were a pain in the ass to tote around, and I don't remember making any more money with them. So I would have to agree you with you know. on both counts, Bob. So, right. so the thing the, is, you're not a real champion anyway. But it's nice to have that label. Yeah. Yeah, we won the titles and on a pay-per-view. And for me, it was really cool because you and I won the tag titles in a building that I used to go to and watch wrestling at from the time I was 10 years old. So that was really oh. cool to me. That was in Tampa, right? Yeah, Tampa, Florida, Sundome. Yep, what? that's what I thought. A clip and right there's now. There's a... I want to tell you, too. And I want to thank you, too, Sean, because I don't know. If I wrote this in my book about that little deal with Tatanka and and um and Bigelow. Yeah. Because when Pat Pat, Pat Patterson was our agent, you remember that, oh, right? Yeah. Of course. Okay. He came up to us and said, you know, you guys are going over and we'll figure out a finish or whatever. He wa he walked off and, and I remember you telling me I'm gonna let you take the win. And I'm like, oh wow, really? Like okay. And I because I hadn't been there very long, so it was like, oh okay you know, I just thought that was pretty freaking cool that you were going to let me take the win and then you went to pat and said hey bob doesn't get to go over a lot how about letting him get the win and pat insisted that you you're gonna go over on on uh um bam bam yeah with bam bam you can't um tatanka hit the bam bam uh slammed me and went to the top for a moonsault and tatanka hit the ropes and like drop an elbow on me and knocked him off. Remember? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. But I remember you saying to Pat, "Why don't you? Why can't sure. we let Bob get the win?" And well, he said, "That's it's not what Vince wants. He wants you over." And you and you insisted. You argued with him for like a minute about the whole thing. That's just how and, I felt. Like, now, now looking back at it, I understand why they wanted it that way. But I right. just felt like because you know you and I were in the trenches together, and I just. And I know what it's like. I know I knew right. exactly what it was like to be going through that same shit. Because, um, excuse my life, right. we weren't, 
you know, we weren't that, you know, I might have been in the clique or whatever, but we were kind of on the same level as far as, you know, where we were on the card and where we were, you know, oh, pay-wise. So, you know, I was getting yeah. benefits of the clique, but not money-wise or schedule or anything like that. <laughs> right. Yeah, you were, you were hanging out with them. Yeah, right. Yeah. You were hanging out with them, but did Getting all the heat, but none of the money. <laughs> so, right, yeah. But, but I just, I've never, ever forgot that, and I've never, you know, and I wanted to tell you I appreciate you doing that. And, and back then I didn't understand it, but as being in the business for all that time, I, I get it now why they wanted you over. I understand that, but I just I just wanted to tell you I really appreciate you doing that for that me. means a lot, Bob. I, I don't think I've ever said anything to you about that before. Well, we haven't really had a chance. I saw you last week in uh, in New Orleans at the at the naval base we both wrestled on. And yep. uh, you know, we got it was great seeing you and, and great getting a chance to talk to you. Um, oh, you know, and catching up. Talked about our dogs. Yeah, we talked about our dogs because we got a bunch <laughs> yeah. of dog lovers here, uh, yeah. Bob, and we, we'll get into that in a second. But um, now, I was. It made me um, not to change the subject here, but when we were in uh, uh, Bell Chase Naval Base for Wildcat Sports last week, the funniest thing happened. Bob. Bob tells me he says, "Hey, come over here for a second. And he's pointing to this young kid, little kid, little blonde-haired kid, and he's going, "If somebody asks you who do you want to wrestle, and uh, you said I don't care, you want to tell the story, Bob? It was so funny." Yeah, this Luke came up to me and said, that, "That's Hawks. the guy you're going to wrestle." He said, "I got the story to tell you." He goes, "What happened earlier today?" He goes. I asked him, I said, do you have a choice of five guys who you want to wrestle? At first he said, I don't, I don't care. It's whoever you want me to wrestle. That's fine. He goes, no, who do you want to wrestle? I'm giving you a choice who you want to wrestle. And he's like, it doesn't matter. I'll wrestle anybody. So Luke goes, okay, look, you've got Bob Holly, you've got X-Pac, you got Al Snow, and he named off a couple other people, Stevie Richard, and he said, who do you want to work with? And he goes, oh, I don't care. He goes, okay, fine, you're working with Bob Holly. Then he goes, no, no, I, okay, wait a minute, I'll work with Al Snow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. How's that supposed to make somebody feel? Right. Well, you know, but you know why, right, Bob? Oh, I know why. I asked, I asked the guy later in the locker room, I'm like, why did you not want to work with me? He goes, no, 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 I, I want to. I'm, I'm like, you're full of shit. Don't sit there and tell <laughs> yeah. me you want to work with me now after you've been busted. And he's like, oh, I just heard stories. I'm like, you heard stories. Okay, what kind of stories? I said, let me guess. You're one of these internet readers, right? And he didn't say anything. And I knew I had him, but, but yeah. So, uh, he, it was funny. He was, uh, guys were messing with him pretty much most of the night. But, Bob, for just, and listen, for, some, for a few fans out there, we have to ask, what, what are the stories that you would think that he would have heard? What was he intonating? I guess because I beat up people and take advantage of people, and, the, and, and I and, and I and I told him that I said oh, I guess it's these stories where you I beat up people and take advantage of people. I said let me tell you something. I said I said think about this. I said you got to use common sense when you think about this now. I said do you really think Vince McMahon would have kept me for as long as he did if people had problems with me? And he stopped and he goes, no. I, I, that does make sense. I said, there you go. You got your answer. Well, you know that poor kid actually, um, you know, that poor kid led a sheltered, he's, he's led a sheltered life as it is, right? I mean, we. I heard the story about that. I don't even think he's had sex yet, Bob. Yeah, 
I'm pretty oh, sure no. they told me the kid was still he a virgin. Kissed, he hasn't even kissed a girl yet. Right. That's 100% true. I'm not kidding <laughs> you. That, I'm not making any of that up. Putting, he has been officially put on blast hey, on Xbox sorry. One 360. He's a nice guy. He's Very really, cool. He's a nice guy. And in his defense, look, I was in his shoes before. I was scared to death. But the thing is, this guy lives like almost two hours away from New Orleans. Yeah. He is every single day they open the doors for training. After work, he is there every day. That's right. His dad, this, this, this made me really sad when, I, when, when, I, when Luke told me this. He said that poor guy, his family, his mom and dad tell him he's never going to be anything in the wrestling business. That's right. And so that's why he goes out, he shows up every day to training and drives two hours after work every single day back and forth so that's what four hours, and um, I think he's doing it like three, four days a week, four day, four or five days a week. However, yeah. I think it's well, like you know five. What? It's a reward to for X Pack One Two Three Sixty fans. What's his name, you guys? Maybe we can show him some love. What's the name of this you, guy you're talking about? This wrestler? I don't even remember uh, the kid's name, but I wasn't wrestling him. Do you, Bob? Yeah, I. I um, we we can get it. We'll bring it up in our clothes. We'll we'll get it. We'll have it by the clothes or by next yeah. week. But you know, Bob, I'm I'm. In, interested that you're so impressed by that because reading in your book you did the same thing for a lot of years working a full day and then driving all night to get to wrestling shows driving the next morning and going straight back to work i i'm surprised that you even acknowledge someone else doing that because you oh, did no, i respect it because it, that is not easy to do christy it's not because you're you're working a full eight ten hour day and then you're driving and then going to practice and no telling how long practice is and then you're driving back home and then getting up and doing it all over again. I that that made me hold him in a very high regard as far as respect wise. And I respect that because that shows me this guy really wants it and he's working out at the and and yeah. lifting weights and everything. And five, you he's know what? what I'm, I'm I'm imagining five years from now this kid uh, being a stud, having women hanging all over him, and being a hell of a worker. Oh, Hope so. And the thing is, is it Danny Flamingo? He, he hasn't been around long, and he he's a pretty good worker. He's not bad at all. Yeah, I did a good job he's, with you in there. It, what, what makes you think yeah. it's Danny Flamingo? It makes me think it's Danny Flamingo because I see this skinny guy. It's not, it's not Danny. It's not. It's not, it's Danny. not Danny Flamingo. <laughs> I would have guessed that. Although, shout out to Danny Flamingo. I think I'm bigger no, than Danny <laughs> Flamingo. I'm looking at the I've seen him work before because I've done previous shows for Luke before in the past, and I've watched this guy work, and he is—he's—he's he's pretty damn good. He—he he really is. He gets experience underneath him, and he there's no telling how good this guy's going to be. It's so great you're a champion, and you know, speaking of being having this kind of shoot background, and then also being a champion of young workers, can can you touch on tough enough? Because I kind of I feel like tough enough. Brought you to the next level, ex- exposed you to fans in a different way. But I would love to know your thoughts on it. That that shit is so watered down. Oh my god! Really? <laughs> Which tough enough are you are you referring to? I mean, I, just, I, I can imagine it's number three, it's, but I'm just for argument's sake. I'm just curious. I'm, I'm talking story? about the slaps to the chest. You know that that's what I, me and my fiance remember vividly. Is you know make slapping the kid hard enough in the chest and leaving the red mark on him. On tough enough. Oh, that that was tough enough too. That was um, that was Hawk. And that's but that's what made me go. Oh boy, he, this guy's scary. You know because I knew you oh, from, from from 
you know, the two-sport athlete, you know, rather than hardcore Holly, you know, at that, at that time. Yeah. And that's what I feel yeah. like the world back got then, to know that you didn't play. Bro, back then, see, that's the thing. is like back then I, I was just – because, I don't know, I, you have to – like Sean knows, you have to find yourself. When you get into wrestling, you have to figure out who the hell you are. Yeah. And I never – and I never knew it all those years. I mean, I knew how, like, like at home and the things I did at home as far as hobbies and and just playing, you know, basketball and football and stuff like that. I was always rough or just and going that, into bars and stuff like that. I've, I've always played rough, always. And with the whole Sparky Plug gimmick, it was just somebody that I wasn't comfortable with and it was just a character that just... I, and I it was so obvious, to. Bob. I, it was so obvious. And I felt I felt really bad for you because what do you say when you're first coming in? No, I, I'm not I don't, I'm not doing that. We got to kind of eat a little bit of crow, you know? And, oh, absolutely. Uh, but and, it and didn't take long. People. When people kind of laugh at it, they laugh at it. And then I'll tell them, I'm like, what am I going to tell these guys? No. Yeah. I guarantee if they if they gave you that name, you wouldn't tell them no, especially when that's been your goal all your life that you you wanted to be in WWF. You would take whatever name they gave right. you, whether it's humiliating or not, and just run with it. Oh, I hated and, One Two Three Kid, Bob. I hated it. I wanted any other name in the world besides that. When I figured when I found out that 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 was the name they were sticking with. And so yeah. I thought I had the worst name going, and then you came along with Thurman Sparky <laughs> Plug. All right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was to the point where I'd be on the airplane, we'd be on a group flight, and and somebody would be, you know, because when we all get on a plane, everybody knows, okay, who are these guys? Yeah. And so I I'd, I'd sit down, and somebody would go, hey, who are you? Who What's are your you? wrestling who name? Who are you? What do you do? And I say, well, we wrestle with WWF, and what's your name? And that's right there. I'd be like, "Oh shit!" That's when and I start I mumbling. <laughs> and I would, and I would tell them, and they would start laughing. I'm right. like, "Okay, that's not the response I was looking for, but I understand why you're laughing." Yeah. And uh, so we got to the point where people would ask me, and I'd be like, "Oh, I just work in production." That's what I would tell them. Oh. Aww. But now, Bob, going back yeah. to, can we go back to tough enough and what what was watered down? Because again, that, you know, I, I think that was such a pivotal part of your career. It really was. I, I thought you I, the whole Matt Capitelli deal. Gotcha. But do you remember? Do you remember that? Uh... Yeah, it was the incident where I mean, like in further interviews, when you talk about that, you were down there with a broken neck, and then they were like, "Hey, get in the ring and show this kid something." And the right. fact that like all you really did was like bloody his lip and maybe give him a black eye. The more you watch right. it, no, it's no. not so bad, especially when like. People were dealing with worse stuff. On but you're saying shows. it's watered down, Bob. You're, you're not saying See, it was overhyped. So that's why I want to know what. How is that watered down? How is it? Oh, watered I'm down? just. I, I mean, I'm, uh, as far as watered down, man, it's just been run into the ground okay. so much. Yeah, at, it's know, been talked about at nauseum. Except I haven't exactly. heard Bob talk yeah. about it. That's why I want, <laughs> I want to hear Bob's <laughs> thoughts. Let everyone no, else and, talk. And it's funny because it's like because the way I look at it, like yeah, I had a cracked vertebrae when I got in the ring because this is the deal. This is the deal. It, it's. They, I was. We were in uh, Uncon, uh, in Connecticut. I can't never say the name Uncansville, Connecticut. And uh, so they sent me to have an MRI done, and that's when we found out I had a cracked vertebrae. So I thought, so they made arrangements for me to go to San Antonio. So the next day, I thought I was flying to San Antonio. 
oh, no, we need you to go to L.A. to do a thing for Tough Enough before you go to San Antonio. And I'm like, but I got a cracked vertebrae. Oh, no, you'll be fine. So I went and did that thing. Yeah, you'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be fine. Yeah, I'll be fine. Right? I could be paralyzed, right? right? And so, and so when, I, when I saw that show play, when they finally aired it, and then I saw him crying, wanting to quit the business, I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. You've got to be kidding. Because let me tell you something. I can't tell you how many black eyes and how many bloody lips I've had, and I never got on national TV and cried about it. Not one single time. I, I, I can't tell you, Sean... Sean has had many black eyes and bloody lips and butt noses yes. and this and that and has never cried about it. A couple Same weeks ago, he came the... in with a broken foot. Yeah. <laughs> just a couple of weeks ago, right. Bob. That's just what I mean. That's right. just how it is. I mean, I, Bob, you, you know, we talked about this. You know, I'll, I'll cry in one second just thinking about my dog, but I can't <laughs> remember ever once crying about something like that. I can't. I just, and, and for the people that, this is just my take on that Matt Capitelli thing. For the people that were shaken up by that, I think most of them probably just have never experienced, you know, much violence in general in their life. Maybe they've never been no. in a fight. I mean, that really was nothing. It looked a hundred times worse than it was. I, right. I just I have and- to tell you, the guy walked out of yeah. there. He could still eat his food. He could, yeah. you know. I mean, that that, that I was my. Like- one of my rules is like I don't care how hard you hit me as long as I can eat my food afterwards. You know, Absolutely. you can break my nose, back my eyes up. I just I need to be able to eat. Something I found really <laughs> ironic about that whole situation was Bill Demont being the guy that consoles him and tells him everything's okay. <laughs> when like everyone has this whole stereotype of like you being a bully and and stiff with people and so aggressive in the ring, and you're really just like a big nice softy. And Bill Demont right. has this persona of being like so caring on this episode of like no come here sit matt it's okay you'll get through it meanwhile in real life everyone that's like trained under him said he's just like a drill sergeant and doesn't care and treats people like shit so i just thought that was very ironic yeah that was a huge oxymoron wasn't it i mean (laughs) really uh, like yeah i mean he was controlling him and everything and i'm like are you kidding me yeah did you say anything to bill did you say anything to Bill at that time to be like, dude, what, what are you doing? Like, you're, you're not training actually, him in the right way. Actually, I didn't because I was recovering, so I, I never did talk to him. I think Bill and I probably had talked about it, but I can't remember the conversation. I know, actually, I know we talked about it, but I honestly can't remember the conversation. But yeah, it's like you, you always, I mean, it's not ballet what we do, it's, it's a rough business. And I, I did the same thing with Randy Orton on a nightly basis because that's what they asked me to do. And Randy never, not one time, not one time complained about me being too rough with him. And that's just the way I wrestle a lot of times. And because I don't mind it back. If, I, if I'm going to do something to you, I'm fine with it back. And that's the way it is in wrestling. Like I've, I've wrestled a million times, not a million times, but I've wrestled a bunch of times with Bradshaw. And let me tell you something. If you get in the ring with him, you better be ready to take it, and you better be ready to give it back. You're damn right. Because if you don't give it back, you'll be pissed. Yep. Before we get off you know, Tough get- Enough, Bob, I do want to ask you if you watched the most recent season last year and if there was any of those contestants that you wanted to give a little beat down to. Like, do you think they take it more seriously now? Um, 
I just I think a lot of them aren't wrestling fans. That's true. I, I really believe that. I, I think they that. see it on TV and go, oh, I think I'll try that, and that's what they do. And they know nothing about like that one guy that didn't even know who Hulk Hogan was. You mean mm-hmm. the one that was at the one that was in New Orleans last week? ZZ? No, that wasn't. No, Z- it wasn't ZZ. No, you didn't remember Z- Hogan. It but. was. Z- it was uh, the uh, oh gosh, what was his name? Um, oh my God, he From didn't me. know who. Hulk Hogan was. Either way, uh, that's ridiculous for guy? anyone, like, for just anyone that's not been under a rock, you know, for the last yeah. 30 years to not know Hulk Hogan. Bob, is. would you ever go back as a trainer if they asked you? No. Uh-uh. No? No. Not even just no, for tough I, enough? I'll, to I'll tell you why. Okay, please. Because I'm happy, I'm happy doing what I'm doing, and I, I don't like the, I, look, it's, it's great for if you want, if, you, if that's what you want. I have no problem if that's what somebody wants to do. But it's not for me anymore because I don't like, I don't want to be, I don't want my life dictated anymore. Because they do dictate your life. And they do take control of your life. And and I don't I don't want that anymore. Do, and it's, Go ahead. Do you find it interesting that Shawn Michaels, of all people, who doesn't seem like he likes his life dictated either, is would return to train people? Well, the thing was, yeah, but the thing with Shawn, it's 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 situational with him. Like Shawn could probably get away with a lot more than most people can, and Shawn's not going to let them dictate if Shawn wants to do something. Shawn's going to do it. Right. I mean, that's you know. just the way it is, and and, and right or yeah. wrong, that's I mean. It's not the same for everybody. I mean, it isn't. It, it's every 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 situation is different. Every individual talent is handled in a completely different situation, and and a lot I of it, a I, lot of it, honestly, Bob, a lot of it uh, has to do with how much that individual talent needs the company. Absolutely, absolutely, you're right, and. Sean has been the master of getting away with a lot of stuff. <laughs> I thought you were talking yeah. about me for a second there. <laughs> yeah. That right? too. So, yeah. And, and, but, I mean, look, I'm not knocking it or anything. It's just not for me anymore. I don't want that pressure anymore because I enjoy what I'm doing now. I like being in control of me. I like making my decisions based on what's best for me. And not that they make decisions what's best for you. They just control a lot, Understood. a huge aspect of everything you do. Understood. What about what about for a season of Tough Enough though? Just if it were more for you know. Oh, I would, I would, I would be for that in a heartbeat. I would. I just and I, do, I don't want to move to Tampa either. That's that's another or, or Orlando. I'm sorry. Uh, that's another reason I don't want to because yeah. I don't want to move to Orlando. Would you ever and, be? Would you ever be interested, Bob? And and. Uh, Going to the performance center for like a guest train guest training, you know, for a week or something like that. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. I would do it in a heartbeat. Yes, I would. And see, that's the thing. Like, look, I uh, I respect Hunter as a worker and everything else. Uh, he's he's fun to be around. He's funny, but I just I just as a person, I just don't really. I don't think he would have me have me there. I, I really don't. You guys, it's interesting, yeah, because sorry. you did write about Hunter a lot in the book, and I know you were so favorable about Vince. Can yeah, can you talk more about what, Hunter? Is it maybe because you guys were both peers? You know, where it was where your relationship was different from your relationship with Vince? Well, Hunter and I's relationship was, was based on our 
because we were colleagues, I guess, at work. And you have to get along, otherwise you don't make money together. And I've always got along with him fine. I just don't, I just never agreed with some of the ways he handled certain situations. And I didn't like that. And as far as a worker and everything, he to me, he's one of the best. He's a great storyteller, like I said in my book. Right. He's a fantastic worker. He is. He's really good. He's got great ideas. He's got an absolute great mind for the business. But I just, on a personal level, I never really cared for him that much. What was some, yeah, I, what was some of the situations that were, never, that came up that were, were difficult? There was never any situations that were difficult. Okay. Never. Like when I worked with him, he was always very gracious when I worked with him. He gave me a lot. Oh. He, he worked. Hunter worked for the match. It didn't matter who he's in there with. It doesn't matter who he likes or who he dislikes. If he's yeah. in that ring with somebody, he's working for that match. Yeah, see, I, that's and what that's I, I, I feel like you two were very like-minded in that way. Bob, you know, Bob, like, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, at SummerSlam 95, Hunter's first match, pay-per-view match in WWF was with you, correct? Yes, it was. Yeah. It was. And we and Hell of we a match. Work-wise, work, work we work well together. And and too and and Sean knows this. He's 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 very funny. He he's, yeah. he's very like he's got sarcastic humor. He's very funny to be around. And hey, but you know what, as, Bob? Here's the thing: if 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 two people don't mix well, they just don't mix well. You know, you don't have to force it. You know, it's not that we didn't mix well. I just I guess it's because of the whole click thing. Where where I, that rubbed me pretty wrong sure. as far as things that went on, you know that yeah. it's not no secret. Didn't care for all that stuff. Yeah, of course. Um, and I and, and I get it too, Bob. I get it looking at it from other people's perspectives. I I can totally see why why we had so much heat. So, well, you know? guys, talk to the guys, fans. What do yeah. you what did you not get? What are we talking about here? Oh, I said I totally do get it. No, I mean, like, how did you and Bob get along when he wasn't getting along with your friends? Well, I I well, here's the thing. As far as like, we the, yeah, we always Bob and I always got along great. The thing is, is okay. The five of us are still individuals. Okay, we're a group and we all stick together. But you know, there were often times that you know I didn't agree with with you know other members of the clique, and I'm sure they didn't agree with me on things. So I mean, and I you know we all kind of went about things a little bit different, and I was just I wasn't as I wasn't as cutthroat as as the other guys. I just right. I I just I, what there were certain things that I just wouldn't go there, and you know I was the guy that would lock that would lock your you know suitcase to the ceiling yeah. or something something silly like that. But you know I wasn't you know I, I was still pretty likable. I think. <laughs> yeah. No, me and Sean always got along. The thing is with with Sean is he was always very consistent with me you were always consistent with me and you're that never affected our our friendship in the locker room at all and despite those guys like like you like you said you guys were your own each individual person you were a lot easier to get along with than anybody else oh sure i i can totally see that yeah it makes a lot of sense to me yeah and For I sure. always felt close to you because you were the first guy that they put me with 
and I learned a lot from you. I, I mean, well, I learned you. a ton from you. And, uh, yeah, you were always the – so I always felt like there was a connection between me and you, and I never let – just because you were with that group, that never made me think that you were a prick or anything else by yeah. no means whatsoever. I've always had a lot of respect for you, and I've always thought – Despite you're with them, I still felt like I was your friend and vice versa. Right. You hear, the thing about us is we didn't care if you liked us. I mean, obviously, me personally, I cared if people liked me or not. But, I mean, if if somebody didn't and they were really good or great, we they, you were on our team. We wanted you on our team. And that's how we felt about you, Bob. Even though right. like it was pretty clear that you didn't like us collectively. Um, you were so good that I mean, if you ever watch the click the the click documentary on the network, we talk about you. And and when when uh, Vince and Jerry Briscoe came and met us, and we were taught we had this big meeting, and we were t- we ran down a list of all the guys. You were like one of the guys that we were like Bob Holly. You're not doing anything with them, and you need to, you know. Um, yeah. It, it, so. You know, that was the thing about us that a lot of people didn't realize. We were going to bat creatively for a lot of guys that we knew didn't really care for us much. Yeah, that are like, you going to bat for Bob, and then Triple H is like, no, 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 no I don't want to use No, Bob. no, that was a group, a meeting with all of us in the meeting with Vince and, and Jerry Briscoe and the five of us. Was, we were all on yeah. the same page when and, it came um, to that type Bob, of stuff. Are you the type of person who's just resistant to clicks in general? Or, you know, I know people like that that just don't. You know that are resistant to groups, and you know it was... I'm not. I'm not. I'm not resistant to it because the thing is, is like when I was growing up, I had a, a close bond with four or five guys that I was really close to that we stuck together like glue, like they did. So I'm not resistant to it. It is what it is. And the thing is, if if I would have been in, like, if how do I explain this? If I had an opportunity to be with those guys, and 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 be as tight as those as you guys were, Sean. Yeah. Believe me, I would have I would have had no problem being part of that group whatsoever. I, I mean, I, because that's what you need yeah. in the wrestling business. It look, you can't do it by yourself. And, and it's so hard, Bob. And that, that's the thing. And you like, it's so hard. And it's I can't, I can't even really think of any other examples of five guys sticking together like that. I mean, is that what the job yeah. squad was supposed to be then? Like. You guys are all the under guys. Let's stick well, together as the under guys. No, that's completely different because because Sean, Scott, Kevin, and Hunter, and John, they they were like best friends. Me, Al, Blue Meanie, Scorpio, we weren't best friends. So you have these five guys that are like really tight that you can't drive a wedge through, and that's a bond that you're never going to break. That. To me, that's a positive in the wrestling business because you've always got people that have your back no matter what. Because wrestling is a cutthroat business. Nobody wants, I don't care what anybody says, that they're happy for somebody to get a break or whatever. Yeah, some guys might be, but for the most part, most guys are jealous because somebody else got a spot and the other person didn't. Yeah. It's just human nature. It's human nature. Um, and so if I could have had that bond like they had, if I could have been in that bond, yeah, you're damn right I'd have, I'd have, stuck, I'd have been right there with them. But I, it just unfortunate I didn't because 
I always had the mindset, well, I'm going to go out there and work hard and hopefully something will happen on my own. But you come to the realization you can't do it on your own. And, and, and unfortunately, like the talent and the hard work and all that oftentimes isn't enough if you don't if 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 you don't if you're not good at maneuvering politically and and all these yep. other things i i hate to say it like that but it's true so no. so where was the disconnect though so that's what i'm not hearing i feel like you bob like everything seems lined up for why i thought you guys even with you and hunter would mesh where do you think the disconnect took place where it always, didn't happen because I, I always, because I, I, and I was gonna, I, I knew you were gonna go there because I always thought Hunter really never cared for me. Huh. I mean, he never, he never gave me that impression. But I always had that in the back of my mind. Hunter never really liked me. I knew he liked working with me, but as a person, I never felt like he really ever liked me. That's interesting to hear you say because I, like I personally, I. I find you very likable. Um, I we you know here's the thing, Bob. We we all kind of like collectively used to think that you know you just had a chip on your shoulder, you right. know. I, I, whether I, you I, did or not, yeah. we kind of we that was the impression we got. Like when we honestly we would we would like joke. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you this. Like if if we were like impersonating somebody, if we were impersonating you, we'd go go fuck yourself. I don't even know if you ever said that. <laughs> I did. I used. To. Okay, that's how it. I guess that's how I used to. Like, that's how that came about then. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I mean, it, that, I was all, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was. Kind, I was always kind of a, a loner anyway. Yeah. You know. I mean, I hung out with Sid a lot. Well, and you Sid's know another too. loner. Me and Sid. Yeah. Me and Sid really tight. I love Sid. And, and I hung out with him a lot. Sid's great. I, do you ever talk to Sid anymore? I haven't. No? I would love to. But I haven't. He used to take good care of me. Because, you know, when we didn't make any money, because where I was on the cars and stuff like that, Sid always wanted me to ride with him. Plus, I worked out with him because he worked out really hard. So did I. And he enjoyed working out with me. But he would never let me pay for the rental car. He always paid for... We we shared a hotel room. He always paid for the hotel room. That's back when we were always... Everybody was bunking up. That's right. Yeah, and Lex Luger did yeah. that with me, Bob. Like just like Sid was good to you, like that. Lex did that with me because we weren't making any yeah. money, and they were, and that was really well, cool. Right, it was, and and he didn't have to do that, and and I just and I really appreciated that from him it, it, because honestly, I don't think I would have been able to stay if he didn't do that. Right, and 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 that that was the that was a big uh, that was a huge difference in me lasting as long as I did too. It's amazing to me, Bob, that you lasted 15 years in one run without any, like, leaving and coming back. I, I and also without the political support, you know, yeah. to have done that on your own. Right. That's amazing. And, see, and I think that's the, that's why you guys probably thought I had a chip on my shoulder because I wasn't good at playing politics. Right. It's like, and I, I just, I've never, I was never good at that. And maybe because I just don't know how, maybe I don't. And the first thing that would come out of my mouth is like, okay, go fuck yourself. Okay, right. whatever. You know? it was that, <laughs> and that's probably where you got that from. Bob, do, oh, do, do you have any regrets in those 15 years? The only regret I have is I didn't, I could have, I think I could have done more for myself than I did. And that was getting with the writers more, getting to know them better, 
because I always had the mindset where, the, well, the writers are here to write for us, and I learned that late in the game, right. and, and I, I kind of feel stupid about it because I just I, I should have built relationships with those writers, and I, and I didn't, and, and I should have been calling them, should have talked to them, should have given them ideas for my character and, and so forth because right. that's very important. Do you remember? It, it makes, I'm sorry. Do you, do you remember Brian Gewertz, for instance? Yeah. The writer. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he works for Rock, Rock right now. Right. Well, so we used to sit and make fun of like Edge and Christian for bringing uh, for for like sucking up. Him, they used to bring him. That's figures. what I was going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. That not. I mean, comic books, anything like that, right? Like, and we used to just. Oh, we used to ride those guys and and make fun of yeah. them and rib them about being brown nosers. But who were the smart yeah. ones? They were. Yeah. When when you think back on it, they were actually the smart. Yeah, they were. They were smart. And I mean, the writers weren't supposed to accept gifts from talent, but it is what it is. And they were the yeah, they were the smart ones. And I, and that's the only thing I regret. I didn't. Gotcha. And I think I could handle the other situations a little different too as, as far as just other things as far as that uh, guided my career through the waters of WWE and everything but I just I felt like that was the biggest thing that I took away from it is I should have been in the writer's ears more should have been calling them every if not every day every other day getting to know them better and and basically doing what Edge and Christian did. Sure. And Bob, and Bob and during that time, no, no WCW didn't call you at all to try to steal you away. Oh, they did. They yeah, they did. Oh, can you they talk did. about that? Did I think about no, it? Can no. You talk about, no, can you talk about that? I'm sorry. Just It wasn't even it wasn't even an option for me. It was not any even an option because Vince had taken such good care of me and not monetarily just through the race car, the whole race car thing. I just, I'm a loyal person. Stayed loyal. If, yeah. Good man. If somebody, you know, I work for the man. I've never had any problems for him. I just felt like my loyalty was important. Who, who reached out? Was it Bischoff or, or one of um, his agents? It was Bischoff. It was Eric, yeah. And did, Eric. And you talked and, to him on the phone? It, yes. And it was when, it was at that time, that whole deal with Jeff Jarrett happened. Oh, it when Jeff. Okay, when Jeff. Uh, when he lost. When he lost the title. When he left. Dropped the title to to Joni on his way out. That time. Yes. Okay. Yep. And because that whole thing set off a chain of events for Jr. to start locking talent down. Oh, that's right. Because what happened was Jeff's contract yep. was allowed to expire while he was the IC champion. And so yes. they, Jeff held them up. He wanted like a hey, ridiculous amount of money. Well, he got it. Yeah. And, and you know what? Good for him. They let and it that. Was, and yeah. so he got it. you damn it, right. It money belonged to him to begin with. Yeah, a lot of it was just back money he was owed and just hadn't been yep. paid yet. And he wanted that up front. And he got a bunch of stock options, too. Oh, a really? ton of yeah, stock but options. I asked both of you guys this because this is what's interesting. Yeah. He also literally sold his soul because he's the only one who it doesn't seem like he is welcome back at all with the um, brand. I don't know that to be 100% true, but, well, you know. So far, it's been, right? Well, I mean, Jeff has his own things going on, too. Okay. You yeah. Know? He, even after yeah. he left the uh, the TNA thing, you know, he has his Global Force Wrestling that he's got going on. And I just think Jeff's doing his own thing. He is, but, you, so you don't think the, the 
WWE it has any. If bad there's blood money with to be made off bringing Jeff Jarrett back, Jeff Jarrett's coming back to WWE if they can bring him back. That's that's the way Vince is. If if it, no matter what that's issues right. Vince has with somebody, if he can make a dollar off of them, he's bringing them back. No matter how much heat's between the two, he's bringing them back. Hey, it's just that simple. Road Warrior it's Hawk, a, Road Warrior yeah. Hawk threatened his family, and he brought him back. What? Yeah. When was yeah. that? There was, yeah. It was a long time ago. It's, we'll we'll save definitely it. revisit. Yeah, that we need a fan Q and A with you guys to just find out. Um, well, but the but with, you know B- Bischoff calls you up, and and that, that's such an interesting time because right of desperation. And how does that conversation go? Well, that's between, that was when the Monday Night Wars were just kicking off. And and Kevin and Scott have already went down there to Atlanta. And so the guys, um, oh, uh, Lex went and Macho Man, all those guys started going. Yeah, I was gone. And he, yeah. And Eric called me and said, hey, whatever they offer you, we'll double it. Wow. And so I was like, okay. Thank you, and I'll let you know. It wasn't a very long conversation. And so when JR, we were in Cleveland, and JR came up to me and said, hey, he said, we need to sit down and go over your contract. Um, I want to make an offer to you or whatever. And I said, okay. I said, I have a number in mind, and I'll, I'll get with you about it. And so we met the following week, and – he said, what do you have in mind as far as numbers? And so I told him, and he looked at it, and he goes, well, I wasn't quite thinking that high, but okay. He said, Vince told me to do whatever I do, have to do to keep you. And so that settled it. And, it. and the thing is, with me, it wasn't about the money, basically, with going to WCW. Yeah, I could have went to WCW and made twice what I was making with WWE. But for me, it's not about that. It's about being happy, being comfortable where I am. Because I was, I knew everybody where I was at. I knew the cameraman. I knew the production people. I knew the boys. I just, I knew everybody, and I was comfortable where I was at. Yes, and Bob, yeah, a yeah, lot. Did I, I'm sorry. Yeah, did I want to on top? Yeah, I wanted to, but you know what? I wasn't going to. So, but it was about being comfortable where I'm at in the locker room with me. Because if I'd have went to WCW, I'd have basically been walking into a jungle of people I really don't know. I don't know how this operation works. I don't know how anything works around here. And and so it's it was about being comfortable and happy where I'm at. Plus, loyalty is a big thing with me. And, Bob, the thing is, is you they might offer you double what your downside guarantee is, but that's all you're going to make there. That's all you were going to make in WCW. For well, Vince, yeah, right. it was their their guarantee was the minimum guarantee and there's incentive to make more so i mean i i don't blame you at all i think that was the right decision to make obviously it was well speaking of loyalty uh you chose not to join this lawsuit against the wwe for the oh yes because of your loyalty to the wwe how do you feel about maybe like the long-term effects of the concussions you suffered in your career like maybe you not might not be experiencing the effects of them now, but are you worried about like down yeah. the line what could happen? And I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it because the thing is, it's like that's what I chose to do. Vince didn't twist my arm and say, "Get in that ring and do this and do this and do this." I chose to get in that ring. I chose to to have the matches as far as being as rough, like 
as far as how rough I was. I chose that. He didn't tell me to go out there and be rough. He didn't tell me to go out there and, and take a chair shot to the head or anything like that. I chose that career path. And that's what gets me is like, these guys chose this, and some of them are even still wrestling. So how can they sit there and say they're having um, post-concussion syndrome when they're still wrestling? Yeah. I, I, I don't understand that. It's just a, it's a crock of shit if you ask me. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that, Bob. I, look, I try to, I try to when, when people do things, instead of just blasting them for... For do, I try to understand why they do them, and some of them I have to blast them, and some of them I understand because they're pro, they're desperate, you know. Yeah. Um, so well, yeah, I, I get it on a case by case by case basis, but I'm with you on this, guys. Uh, so many of these guys, Bob, have worked the majority of their career somewhere else before they even got to WWF or WWE. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. I mean, I don't get that. Yeah. Like, I, this is nothing yeah. like the NFL well, concussion lawsuit. Well, there are people that are still wrestling now. Yeah, like, correct. Like Chavo, she said, yeah. Chavo Guerrero is still wrestling for. Yeah, that's something that I, that's something I was going to bring up too. I don't, I I don't understand that to save my life because he is still wrestling. He's still doing Lucha Underground and all that, and and how he can do that. I just I don't get it. I, I really don't. Confusing. Wow, Bob, are you still in touch with anyone from? Who do you keep in touch with from the from the day? Uh, I keep in touch with Billy, Billy Gunn. Him and I will probably keep in touch till the day we die. <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah. He's he's such a good guy. He, Isn't he, really he though? Is. He, he's oh. a guy like some he, people might think. Oh, he's kind of an asshole or whatever. No, Billy Gunn is such a wonderful guy. Such a yeah, wonderful, he is a such great a good guy. dude. Great. Yeah, guy. he is. He's fun to be around. He's 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 basically funny. If you walk. Room, yes, he's the life of the party. He really is. If there ain't no, he, if, if he walks into a room, he's the he's the beginning of the party because he's such a good <laughs> dude. He really is. Not party drinking wise or anything like that, right. but just having a good time. You yeah. know, that's 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 Billy. He's just a great yeah. great guy, and he's. I can't say enough good things about hey, him, Bob. I was wondering if you still if you still talk to or keep in touch with Rene Dupree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i had to you know i mean it no. brought, what made me think of it is besides the fact that you kicked his ass is that he was like one of the people that was trying to uh, recruit people for this concussion lawsuit and i had issues yeah. with him in france and uh, he tries to say he tried to say on twitter that i i was lying which isn't the case i don't even want to go into that no. but, think, john let me tell you this guy has problems with everybody because when he was with the company, he didn't get along with many people at all. And he basically wore out his welcome with car rides and everything because he had no respect for anybody. And he's he. what's funny is after that whole incident with him and I, him and I talked about it. And we got it swept under the rug. We shook hands. And he even apologized and everything. I should have told you, you got, I got a ticket and everything. And otherwise, none of this would have happened. And... and and I thought everything was fine. And then I hear a few months ago, six months ago, however long, it wasn't very long ago, but he gets on this rant on some uh, podcast about about me and Bubba Ray Dudley and a few other guys. And it's like, I thought him and I had, had buried the hatchet with this whole thing, but apparently not. The one thing he did say that stuck out in my mind, he did say, now mind you, when I whipped his ass, 
this guy is like 250, 265. Yes. And I was, I was only 230. So, and plus the guy is about an inch taller than me. So, yeah, he's a lot bigger. He was a lot bigger than I was. But the point I'm trying to make here is back then he's trying to say he was a young man. He was a kid and I whipped his ass. He, he basically said, if I was to see him today, he'd basically whip my ass because he's a grown ass man. He's a grown ass man now. I welcome that. I welcome that. Hmm. Bless his heart. (laughs) Bob, we'd love to keep talking to you. We have, we have so much more to ask you, but I know we've already kept you a little longer than you wanted. So I'm going to ask the boys to get in their final thoughts here with you. Yeah, go ahead. Jimbo. Can can I say something? Oh yeah, please. Please. Um, I, I apologize because I I was freaking out because I didn't I wasn't sure if I was going to even be able to do the show because of we had a water pipe break and everything and our kitchen got flooded our downstairs got flooded it was brutal and so but I I just I appreciate you guys having me on your show I really do thank you very very much well the feelings mutual Bob and you know I was so you know it's so excited when I saw you and you said you would come on because do you remember me telling you that that you know my executive producer and the guy that like behind all this was a huge fan of yours. Well, that's Kevin, the one that's been yeah. talking to you. No, as soon as I read well, your I... book, I just said, we, I remember calling even someone from my staff before I, Sean was doing his podcast. I said, we just have to talk to this guy. Like we, it, yeah, I just, okay. yeah, you're amazing. Yeah. Well, Ke- Ke- Kevin. I, hey man, I appreciate it. You have no idea what that means to me. I'm telling you, I appreciate it so, so much. I wish I could have Skyped with you guys. Yeah. I, I guess there's some problem. I wanted to, because I wanted to meet Abby. I wanted to meet your beautiful Australian Shepherd, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. I was so looking forward oh, to look having at, her. Oh, on. we're showing look a at, picture. I had it planned out. Which you, oh. I was going to have her do tricks and everything for you guys. I, I had one. I had, I had we, we fostered one. We're looking at a picture right now, Bob, and she is so beautiful. And your arm is huge. You look like Popeye <laughs> yeah, in that yeah, picture. You know, Bob, how much working out are you still doing? You, you're still obviously in ring shape. I mean, you. How, what, what do you do for your yeah. regiment? I, I, well, first of all, I'm not on the gas anymore. Okay, <laughs> not, not anymore. <laughs> not even a little, Bob. Not even just a little test. I, I, I do test, and the only reason I do that is because you know Sean as well as I do. If you take testosterone, you stop producing it. Yep. And so I, doctor, every year. In fact, my doctor's appointment is next week. And I got to go do my blood work so I can get my testosterone. But I take a shot one. I take one cc every two weeks. Yeah. And but that's all I do. I don't do any deca or anything else. I, that's all I do now. And but I mean I, I'm not near as big as I was. But you I look still great, work Bob. You look you know, amazing, it, man. You look amazing. I was I, when I saw you <laughs> when I saw yourself and Al, you know, and both of you guys are a bit older than me, and you look way better than me. And I mean, oh, it's. Geez. Hey, it, it motivates me, man. I'm back training and, and you know, got my diet uh, dialed in. And, I and you know, I look at you guys and that's inspiration and, for and me. And, Bob, it's also I know it wasn't the right time period for you. And you even injured when um, they did some of the shoot stuff in WWE. But I know you talked about it in your book. And, you know, I know it's hard because pound for pound you're a different weight class than Brock. But how do you think you would have done in in MMA UFC if you you know did the crossover as we're seeing so many wrestlers do oh, in your I, prime? I don't know. Honestly, I, I couldn't answer that. Those guys, those guys are so tough. I mean, they it's just it. You know what? A lot of it's mental. It's a mental game. It's not 
it's not how tough you are. It's, it's, it's a mental, how much heart you have is what it is. And I, I don't know. I, I honestly can't say, I don't want to toot my own horn or anything, but I honestly can't say, I think I, I, I honestly think I would do okay. Not saying that I would be the, the greatest, but I think I would do okay. I, I don't know. If you, it, you just don't know. Oh, no, I got it's that. One of those things and if it were today, though, know. if it were today, Bob, would you consider, would you have considered being a three sport athlete if it were today? And said, "What the if hell? Like, pu- like punk, like, like Brock? Would you've considered, if, you know, doing it? If I was, if I was younger, I'd be training for it right now. And I, wow. and I've always thought that if, like, if I'm just, I always think if I was younger, I would have definitely been training for it. Whether I'd have been any good at it, I don't know, but I'd have definitely been training for it for sure. Because I, I, I love, I love watching that." I had a I thought. It. I had a suspicion just from reading the yeah. book. That's... I thought you were going to say you love fighting. I was going to say I heard that about you. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, I enjoy that because it's a challenge. I, do, I really, I've always enjoyed that because it's a challenge. Because you, you, sure. you're going into the unknown, and that's what I like because you don't know what's going to happen. And it, I mean, yeah, that's scary. But that's just uh, what I got my rocks off on. That's the scary and... part. It's not like the thought of getting your ass kicked because honestly, we get our ass kicked all the time. You know, oh, yeah. that's not yeah, the scary part at all. Nothing to get hit. Yeah. Nothing to get punched. Nothing. You know, you just, it, it's a fight game. You don't know if you're going to get knocked out or not. That's just, you don't know. And, but I just, I, I just, I've always enjoyed that aspect of the unknown. I, and what, what am I getting myself into? Am I over my head? Yeah, well, maybe. But you know what? I guess I'll find out. And that's how I looked at it. I just, that's just me. And, but I mean, I, I still work out. You know, getting back to working out and stuff, I work out five, five days, sometimes six days a week, and just I eat my ass off. That's all I do is eat, and it's very exhausting. <laughs> it is, but that's that's what I want to do, and so I, and I, I enjoy it. it. How many meals a day, Bob? I eat a minimum of at least seven meals a day. Wow, that's what you have to do. Though, that's right? two more than well, that's fact, two more I than ate me. Right before I came on here. Because I didn't, I wasn't quite sure how long I'd be on, so I made sure I had food before I came on here. But Speaking yeah, of... I do, and the reason I do that to try to to maintain the weight that I'm at right now, yeah. Because without being on anything substantial, it, it's my metabolism is so fast, so I have to eat to at least if I'm going to be in front of still wrestle and everything, I've got to keep eating like I eat. And, and I'm always going to work out. I'm always going to be a body guy. It's just that I'm just not going to be as big as I was because I'm not. I don't need. I don't need to get on a bunch of stuff anymore. Do you start? Do you ever like if you don't get uh, protein within like uh, two three hours? Do you start getting that nervous twitch like Steve Blackman used to when he didn't get his protein? <laughs> not, not quite that bad. Not quite that bad. You know, actually, my day when I, I get up every morning at four o'clock and my and I make a egg white omelet and have Ezekiel toast. I make my wife an egg white omelet, and I make myself one, and we have breakfast. And then it depends on what time we go to the gym. I'll either eat again before I go to the gym or go to the gym, get home, eat, and then my day starts. But my whole day is 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 scheduled around my eating times. And, and I know that sounds crazy, but I have to do that. Right. I have to do that if I want to maintain the weight that I'm at. And you've made, you, you made enough in wrestling just to – Live like that, just eat and work out. You know, are you are you good? Yeah, 
Nice. Yes, I have to be very frugal with my money, though. I have to be very frugal. I can pick and choose what I want to do, and I, I've afforded that luxury because I've I saved my money. And but it is al- it, it, it is almost impossible to eat like that when you travel, though. It is. You can't when you travel. Yeah, you can't eat like that when you travel. And see, I and I drink a gallon of water every day too, except when I'm traveling. And I, like I said, I pick and choose what the shows I want to do. I don't work every single weekend. I do sometimes. I do two weekends in a row. Sometimes I do one weekend, take a couple off, and do another show. But um, I just kind of pick and choose what I want to do. I don't have to work. I choose to. But like I said, I have to be very frugal with my money. I can't go out and buy a new right. car. I can't go buy a bunch of new clothes. I can't go get this and that. As long as I watch how I'm doing everything, I don't ever have to work ever again. Nice. The, ti- the title of the book, so. Hardcore Truth, and I, I, I do want to say, and Sean's heard me say this on multiple occasions before I even knew you were coming on the show, that to me, out of all the non-mainstream published books and all the many, many wrestling books, the hundreds that have been written, this is the best. It really is. Oh, wow. So Thank I encourage you. people to, to go to Amazon to pick this book up. Um, and, and I also want to say that I'm stepping out of character here because I'm, I'm an EP on the show. I'm not a host. But I will say from knowing the McMahons, from Sean knowing Hunter, everything I heard today, I am going to predict that there is going to be some kind of reconciliation slash there's more with hardcore Holly and WWE. I just feel it. I'm sorry. Just from everything he says yeah. and the, the sentiment he has – and what he could offer to the brand. Uh, I, that's all I'm saying. Oh, I, 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 you know I guess what? I agree. And I really appreciate you saying that. I do. That means a lot to me because, honestly, I don't think I have anything to offer. But I, for you saying that, it makes oh, me feel tons. really good. It does. Because I, I, don't, I don't look at myself like that. I don't, you know. But And, and can I say something else? I, I've always thought if they called me to come do Royal Rumble, I would do it. Only one condition. As long as I was in there for at least twenty to thirty minutes, that's the only way I would do it. The only way. Well, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to end up going out there and then get thrown out in five minutes. I want to at least spend some time. If I'm going to do it, I need to spend some time in there. That's 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 my theory as far as because people have asked me before, would you come back and do the Royal Rumble? And before I've said, nah, I don't think I would, but I, I probably would if. I got to spend I, some time I, in that ring. I just think your honesty, uh, you, the example you would set for for the younger people in the business. I think the loyalty. I just think there's so much integrity, and and honesty, and and I think that that is valuable to any brand. And I just think that there's probably a miscommunication along the way, and hopefully this podcast yeah. and Sean. Whispering into the click sure. ears and my fiance Maria Menounos who wrestles, <laughs> but but I just feel like there's more. There's there's more here. There's, yeah. You know, and it takes time. Look at Bob Backlund is a friend of mine. It took him a lot of time, and now they're seeing him being so insane is actually uh, a valuable part to them to with their brand. You know, so and that's Bob. Yeah. You know, so. Well, yeah. I man, you, that I really appreciate. It. I do. I'm very grateful for that. Thank you very very much. That actually makes me feel good that you said that. To be perfectly honest, thank um, you. That's the uh, truth, you know what? Bobby. The thing that people don't know about me. What's that? I'm sorry. No, no I was ahead. just saying it's the truth. It's... And and were you just about ready to say, tell us something that people don't know about you? Because that was going to be like the last question and a question I'm going to ask people from now on. Yeah, yeah I, like 
believe it or not, I'm a really sensitive person. I really am. And, 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 and that's another thing, like the whole thing with Hunter and everything. I've always, I've always, you know, it, it, something that was probably just in my head that I thought he just never cared for me. And, you know, moving on from that, other than that, I've just always been, you know, kind of sensitive and like, I, I can relate. I I can totally relate. Like, yeah, I just, I'm not like, as far as people and stuff like that, I have sympathy for people. I I really do. And I, I feel bad for people and, and, uh, a lot of people think that I don't give a shit, but I, I do. It's yeah, I, especially dogs, of course. Hey, but um, oh, yes. yeah, and another thing too is I'm a, a survivalist. I study survival. That's just something else nobody, a lot of people don't know about me. And how how much time do you have to show? I know how much I, time I, I got you want to yeah, talk. We're, we're, we're working we were just around you. About you yeah, we're worried about you. Yeah, but. no, we got all the time. As long as you're not waist deep in water in your house, we'll keep going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my wife has and everything, so but I, I know I need to get out there and start helping her. But anyway, um, uh, I study survival, and I've always want I like this show that comes on the History Channel. It's called Alone, and I want to ask you guys your honest. Uh, I want an honest quit answer from you guys. Yeah, I I sent an email to that show, and I got a reply back, and I actually told them who I was as far as wrestling and everything, which right. I think it's important because. Why not use it? Use the name. A hundred percent. Yes. No. Smart. So, right. If the whole world knows who I am, I think it would benefit them uh, to have me because the, the concept a, of the show is this: they take ten people, they drop ten people off in a remote area. You have to survive by yourself. You have no idea where the other nine people are. You have to survive by yourself with ten items that you choose to take with you. I mean, they give you some extra few things here and there, but for the most part, you only get 10 items to survive off of. Well, I've been studying survival for years and years and years, and I have all kinds of survival stuff. And I'm, I'm, right now I'm currently reading an Army book, of survival, Army reading, an Army survival book. It's really, really thick, and, I, and I'm not much of a reader, as I said before, but I'm so into survival that I'm, I'm trying to learn as much as I can. But anyway, so... I sent them an email, and they sent me a response back that they had already picked everybody for season four, season three, and I'm hoping that they pick me up for season four. And I even put it, planted the seed in their head that um, there's like isn't there like four million people that watch wrestling around the globe on a weekly basis? And I even told them that, and I and I said just off of my name, I would think that the ratings. Whether yeah, people like no. me or not, they knew that Bob Holly was on this show. Hey, we want to see how he's going to handle this. If he's going to survive or not, Bob, I'm a TV. Con- I'm a TV producer. I've heard of Naked and Afraid. I've never heard of Alone. So just right now, you just let 250 thousand people know about that show. So already, you brought them value. <laughs> oh, good. And the thing is, cool. Bob, in your heyday, in your heyday, Bob. Uh, there were 12 million people watching our art between the two shows. There were 12 million oh, at the time. Yeah, so, so yeah, you have all those lot. fans as well. That's what Sean's trying to exactly. say. Is like, so you, so you know, but, so listen, Bob. If, if you're if you're if you're okay with this, Sean can connect us and let me get in touch with. I know people at the History Channel. In fact, I know the person who runs it. Let me get in touch with okay. them if I if you would allow me to. I think that's a oh, no brainer for them. Not for you, for them. Because I even told him, I even told him 
I, I guarantee your ratings would go up. Not that I'm a I'm a, a big drawer, but just because of the wrestling world and the wrestling fan, they would be curious. And the whole concept of the show is you see how long you can outlast the other nine, and you have no idea when the other nine tap. You have no idea. You can be out there for anywhere from uh, one day to 365 days. The longest the, 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 the two seasons that I've watched, season three is fixing to start, I think, December 4th. But the, the longest that the um, guy had stayed out was 53 days, 56 days, 56 or 58. And that's with you get items to survive with and that show Naked and Afraid, those guys last 21 days with absolutely nothing, no clothes, no nothing. Right. But, you know, so you can at least last three weeks. But point being is, is I, I've been trying, you know, I've sent them an email and everything, and, and ho- I'm hoping that I can do the show because I would want right. to do it. Yeah, anyway, I, would, I, wouldn't wanna, I wouldn't want to have to outlast hardcore. Did you, uh, <laughs> Good did luck. you send them your video that you made for the show? What's that? I heard in an interview you were about to go shoot like a, a video, like a video package oh, yeah, to they, send to them. Yeah, they, they because they, they you don't have to, but you can go out and shoot a, um, a video of showing survival techniques out in the bush and everything else. And I never got the opportunity to do that because of my schedule. But we never got a chance to go do it because I spend a lot of time in the woods. Whoa, I just saw my phone. I spend a lot of time in the woods usually during the summertime and but this year i didn't get a chance to because i was in europe quite a bit but um but yeah it's it's one of those things where it, and and the thing is where most people end up um the reason they tap is because number one your mind starts playing tricks on you especially when you get to that point where you're starting to get hungry and number two these these guys have bit, these families and they start missing their loved ones and so, and Sean knows as well as I do, we're on the road all the time. So yeah. we're used to being away from home. And, and, and I have no problem with isolation whatsoever either. And that's the thing is the isolation that's gets right. to you and, and missing your family gets to you. And it's a mindset is all it is. And if these guys can just get it, because your mind is, is so powerful anyways, you, you, there's so much you can do if you put your mind to it and just work through it. I, but, and, and and that's the key is is it's a mindset thing. It's not so much physical; it's a mindset. Physical ha- plays a little part in it, but it's more mind. Right, Bob, so I have to go a little fanboy here because Stone Cold, you know, the rattlesnake. Who, I'm a huge fan of his too, and he does his hunting season so important to him. I just feel like there's a you guys have a lot in common. What's your relationship like with him, or what was it like with him? Oh, me and Steve have always got along good. And it's we've just because we're just two rednecks, I guess, you know, so because we can relate to each other very well. That's what I figured. He, yeah, he's, I've always got along good with him. Always. Have always. You, have you done Steve's show yet, Bob? Not yet. We were supposed to get together on it and we just, it just hasn't happened yet. Oh, he's 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 the best to me. He's the best out there. And I that would be I would even after this, I would totally listen to that every bit of it, every minute of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob, what if they did a whole celebrity season of Alone? Like what other wrestlers do you think you'd want to go up against? Do you think Steve Austin would survive for a while? He I think Steve that. would do great. <laughs> you know who would really, hey, you know who would really do good is Brock. Yeah. Oh. Brock. 
Brock is hey Brock's one of those kind of guys too. He is the farm boy. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go wild card here with uh, with X Pac, and I'll tell you why because he can take a lot of pain and a lot of punishment. Yeah. So I, you know what I mean? In isolation. Seriously, I'm just fine. Yeah. You know, like you might Solitary. not have the wilderness part down, like where where right. where he's gonna have that part down. Yeah. But I, 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 I Brock would be hard to beat. I'm telling you, on that deal out in the woods. If, yeah, he'd be Why, hard does to he know Brock he... knows the woods? Yeah, but does, is Brock that at like a, the the hunter type? Oh like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big oh. Time. oh that's shit. Yeah. He, moved, he moved to Canada to go hunting up there. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, yeah. there's a lot of listen. I mean, there's a lot of muscle mass there that has to be kept. Do, do you know what I mean? Like he it me- yeah. Mental. Oh yeah. That just means you have more to uh, that your body can, your body can, can last live longer. off of. Yeah. Oh I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Well. I've just found yeah, those but, guys to get awful cranky when they start losing, like uh, you know, food. And I just, I'm just saying. From, well, at least those, no, at least there's no mirrors out there in the woods. <laughs> exactly. And see, the thing is too. And the thing is too. It's just temporary. It's not permanent. It's just temporary. And that's another thing you got to tell yourself. That's it's right. Just temporary. You With know. All so kinds it, of again, things. Again, goes back to your. It's all a mindset, and that's all it is. That's all it is. So, but yeah, I mean, that, I, that's. What I would right. love to do. We just put it out to the universe, so let, we'll get to work on it. it. Hardcore. Hopefully we can make it happen. We so. will work on it. Hardcore Truth, you guys, on Amazon. Right, Christy? Yeah. Anything else? It's available on Kindle and audiobooks as well. Um, yeah. In your book, you mention that you're not the biggest fan of women's wrestling. So I was curious if you still feel that way today and what you think about the women's revolution in wrestling. Oh, uh, women's wrestling has evolved so much. It's I, 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 I honestly think they can carry a show. I really do. I think they can main event a pay-per-view now. It has evolved so much, and the talent has become just so incredible now. Did you happen to see Sasha Banks and Charlotte from uh, Raw this week? No, but I heard about it. Yeah. I heard it was just unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, I'd be lying if I said I, I had a chance to watch it because I was busy uh uh, being part of an interview with George Takei, which was awesome, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But anyways, yeah. I heard it was phenomenal, and I'm still going to watch it. But back to the yeah. back to the yeah. lady. So, go I'm sorry. No, I was just yeah, wondering I, if your views I, have changed since you wrote your book really and how you question. feel about this whole women's revolution. And then, like, yeah, you say that they're ready for a main event. Do you possibly see them? doing a main event soon how did you feel about them getting the main event at hell in the cell but then they were like no there's really three main events they're just going on last I, no i think they can i think they i think they deserve it i, I really do look you got to understand my book was written what five six years ago mm-hmm. look where women's wrestling was back then compared to where it's at today it's a, it's completely different i mean yeah. women's wrestling is just taken to me i think it's taken over do you, Bob, do you recall from the day, this is always my question to people, what of those female wrestlers from back in that era could compete? Not not dominate, but could at least compete with the girls of today? I think Beth, Beth Phoenix, Molly Holly. Molly Holly. Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, oh, help me out here, Sean. What's, um... Leilani Kai. Oh, you, you're just talking about from our era. That's I'm like just, way before. I'm just thinking our, awesome women wrestlers. You know, I, the, the ones yeah. I'm thinking of are, you know, obviously Medusa, Bob. Yeah. Yeah, like Medusa, Medusa you know. Could, she could hang. Absolutely. Oh, hell yes. She could probably Medusa. still go today. Yeah, she looked, yeah. She looked amazing at the Hall of Fame. Yeah, she was. Yeah. 
the Victorias, I like the Mickey James. The women now, they just go out there and they're just they're hard hitting now. Yeah. They're hard hitting, and they just they bring it, and that's I just it's incredible. I just my hats off to them. They follow, deserve it. They deserve the top spot. Do you follow Lucha Underground at all? No, uh-uh. Because uh, uh, women wrestle I'm not, men there. I'm not, I'm not much into nothing but high spots. I'm not much into all that. Bob, we really appreciate your time today. We, we're, like, really, really going to let you go now. Yeah. I promise. Yeah. Sorry, Bob. Sorry. <laughs> if we just... yeah, I gotta... It's too much I good go, stuff yeah. to chat with you about. I gotta... What's that? There's too much good things to talk to you about. Oh, I can keep talking forever, but I, I would love to come back on. And this time, when you we get, you know, where I could Skype with you guys, because oh, I got to yeah. get Abby on the show. Yes, we would you love do. that. Yeah, you do. Yeah, Bob, thank you Absolutely. so much, man. It's been great talking to you, and and you know, just catching up and and talking about a lot of things that we actually have never talked about. You know, even though we've known each other for all these years, so yeah, so oh, yeah, cool, no, man. thank you guys. I mean, it's. I'm just. I just feel honored that you even asked me to be on your show. To me, that's a big deal, oh, and I really appreciate you, that. I appreciate all you guys. Means thank you so much. Me, thank you so much, yeah. Bob. Have a great one, man. Give a big hug to right, Abby. Thank you. <laughs> right. Bye bye. I'll do that right now. So I'll talk to you guys later. All thank right, you very right. much. And we should probably mention his. So we mentioned the book. To see, is he on social media? The... Yes, we, we'll, we have his social media up as well. All right. And what is it for our audio fans? Like I me? believe it is at the Bob Holly. Thank you very much. Sorry, You're I think I'm from the I'm old school, so I'm audio. I don't watch you guys on YouTube. Sorry. <laughs> and and Bob does only have Twitter, so don't look for him on Instagram, folks. But and we, he's really good about replying to everyone who tweets in. Yeah, like, he talks about that. He loves to hear to from him. the fans. Yes, he he makes time. I to mean, reply to you. Which he's is everything I thought he was from the book. Yeah, and he's more. Yeah, he's a hell of a guy. Yeah, very. Just very. like I knew about you. Very happy Mr. with Walton. that. That was really cool. Yeah. So. Good. Well, we do have a little bit more Xbox One, Two, Three, Sixty for you, and we will be right back. Hey guys, Maria Menounos here. We want to let you know about my new show on Sirius XM Stars Channel One Hundred Nine. It's called Conversations with Maria, and it's live Monday through Friday at ten a.m. Pacific, one p.m. Eastern. Go to conversationswithmaria.com for more info. Buzz you later. We're coming back at you on Xbox One Two Three Sixty. We just chatted with Bob Hardcore Holly, and man, what a juicy chat it was, if I do say so myself. It was very juicy, and, and Bob, <laughs> it was very, very gracious of him to give us how many? It was like almost was like two, two hours, hours. Yeah. of his time while his house is flooding and his wife is taking <laughs> care of everything. <laughs> Yeah, my wife's got it. Yeah, no big deal. Sorry, Mrs. Hardcore. <laughs> you yeah. Me and the dog are fine, so that's all that counts. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, thank you so much, Bob. Um, and thank you guys were great. It was best, best job so far, yeah, both of you guys. Thank you. Yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah. And we always love when Kevin can come and hang out with us, too, because yeah. he is oh, a yeah, super Oh, yeah, Kevin, fan. too. Yeah, he was all right, too. <laughs> so. Well, we want to keep up with all of you guys on social media. You never want to miss an episode of the show. Make sure that you give us a thumbs up on Facebook at facebook.com slash xpoc12360show where we've got links and news and photos. Also, instagram.com slash xpoc12360. Give us a follow. We also love fan art. Send us whatever you've got and questions for next week's guests, which include Zach Gowan. 
That's right. And also, Lenny the Grappler Denton will be on the show next week. It's going to be a huge big grappler one. fan. I'm a huge grappler fan. Yes. Oh, I love yes. my. I work with him at the WWE. And Dirty He's White just Boy, fantastic. too. Yes. Oh. All right. It's going to be good, and you can follow me. In the meantime, if you've got questions for those guys, please tweet them at me, at Christy Reports. And Jimbo, where can they hit you up at? Follow me on Twitter, at Jimbo in the booth. Uh, buy my documentary, The Young Bucks Two Sweet Journey, at highspots.com. And you can follow me on Twitter, at the real TheRealXPoc. My, my Instagram is just RealXPoc, because somebody already took the... Real Xbox. Yeah, you don't have no pictures there, Sean. I know. I'm We're going to work on that. Look, we'll yeah, work on I'm it. working on it, folks. I'm working on it. But anyways, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you next week right here on AfterBuzz TV. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Phil Svitek, Kevin Undergaro, show producer Jimbo Frank, managing editor of AfterBuzz Wrestling, Christy Olson, and managing producer of AfterBuzz Wrestling, Mark Bidonica, and the entire Xbox 12360 staff. We would like to thank you for tuning in. Feel free to like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow XPOC on Twitter at TheRealXPOC and email us at XPOC12360show at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the AfterBuzz TV Network. Buzz you later!